Bat. Bat! Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watched Morbius, a movie about a man named Morbius. Look, if this siren goes off again, and I die talking about Morbius, it's a life well lived, you guys. Absolutely. (laughs) Maybe uh... (laughs) uh, you die and then come back as a living vampire podcasting fraternity. Whom's just to say it isn't a tornado made of bats? Yeah, I mean, anything could happen in the mean streets of New York, I guess. Yeah, it was New York. They, They had a thing. Well, well, it was New well, York. That's where Spider Man is from. So I hope Spider-Man. that doesn't come up later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> before we get to the news, I kind of feel like we don't talk enough about the movie before we get to the other stuff too. So just like a preliminary thing, how did we feel about Morbius? Great. <laughs> this is why this is why they have that popular achievement category at the Oscars now. Just put it out there. <laughs> oh come on! If we uh, can just... all crowdfund that, just get it going. Like, I just want to say, like a for film. years, we've been watching shit from, like, 2003 to 2005 and be like, oh, man, we have to go back. Well, good news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we went back. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. It was worth it. Oh, this boy. really is an AWOL Nation song away from me, the dumbest fucking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, well, Parker, do we have any news? Oh, We're man. I just hope we get some new IPs going, you know? We keep making all these things about like comic book characters and just reboots of shit. I'm tired of it. What's mm-hmm. this here? An It prequel series? Oh, Alex! Good news! Do you want oh, to join boy. the town of Derry, Maine in the 1960s? That sounds Game amazing. Movie. Do they say it? Oh, well. <laughs> I think they do. Probably. <laughs> they definitely said it in the 90s, or, you know. I, I mean, I'm really just asking if Stephen King is involved, but. Yeah. He's still alive, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I uh, mean, I'll collect any paycheck, and good for him. I think Boy I read knows. some of the story about this. I think the guy who said, uh, who's like the showrunner for this or something like that, he said something along the lines of, "Yeah, there's a whole lot of that story that wasn't in the movies." And I'm like, I can think of one really big scene that wasn't in any <laughs> of the cinematic adaptations of it. What if we go back in time and explain why this is scary? Oh, great! I hope that's a great <laughs> ten episode miniseries or some shit. Yeah. I wish people had more original ideas, like Morbius, the living vampire. <laughs> Honestly, what? it wouldn't shock me if, like, all people that have ever written comic books completely disowned all the plots involving this guy, and we're just like, yeah, no, that's a totally brand new creation. We don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that'd be, yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, we don't, we don't pronounce it Morbius. It's more bias. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's watching TJ Hook. <laughs> <laughs> With Jared Leto. All right, Parker, do we have any other news? 
I don't really want to talk about Bruce Willis having to retire because he's got old man disease. Let's <laughs> just move past it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Would he it's have alopecia or something? Same thing. Join the club. Mods. All right. Uh, I guess we can get to our jerks of the week. Okay. Bye. Uh, great. Uh, I've got one. Um, my coworker Nayara, a uh, wonderful person, sent me an extremely cursed TikTok. Just want to let you guys know, I don't actually have TikTok, so I gotta click on the link, then it loads on your phone, it's like a whole thing. So I was like, maybe this is a fake video. No, it's real. It was a procession of like half a dozen really fucked up white kids getting out of this truck, and then saying their names to the camera, and under the kid, it would spell out their names. And the first one was like, I don't even remember what her name was, it was like Michaela, but spelled with like three Y's or whatever. So right off the bat, you're like, oh no. And like, the penultimate kid was this eight-year-old boy. And he looks at the camera, and he says, completely seriously, Ebenezer. Can you imagine this? <laughs> why, not, why not just abort him? Why, why are you just going to go and name him Ebenezer? That kid is coming home with a mouthful of mulch every single day. Ebenezer. That's fucking brutal. It really I was wondering is. What, what the funniest thing possibly could be, and I'm not sure that I can top somebody getting out of the car and saying... Matt Damon. <laughs> oh, Ugh. man. We have who, who to go are your back. Jerks? You guys? <laughs> <laughs> who are your jerks of the week? Uh, well, go ahead, yeah, you sir. Go. You go. Fine. Yeah, I insist. Uh, as, we, uh, as we all know, your boy has had uh, some fun experiences while with his old place flooding and dealing with insurance. And uh, this week, I got a hefty check in the mail from the, my good friends at State Farm. And inside of it was a letter that said, hey, this is due to this claim, this is this, and closes them out for this. It's attached to it. And then there was nothing else in the envelope. <laughs> they sent me a piece <laughs> of paper saying, hey, here's your money, with no money attached to it. <laughs> so that was my weekend as I went to pay rent. How are you guys doing? <laughs> not great, I'll be honest. <laughs> My jerk of the week, uh, Chris. I need you to help me out here. What's uh, what was what the fuck was that movie that you watched totally of your own volition that didn't get assigned to you about video games where Kevin James is the president? Pixels, which you did assign to me. I I don't think that's how it went down. Anyway, what if I told well, you there was a Pixels flavored Coca Cola bite drink coming to Fortnite and the real world? Every word was worse than the last one. How it keeps mean it's happening? That, that movie came out in what? 2015. That was seven years ago. Guess you'll have to find out. No, I don't have. Chris, to you're not a soda guy, are you? No, I don't like soda at all. So just. Can I use Dragon Balls to assign you a soda? Yeah. No, come on. <laughs> I don't want to drink soda. So it's disgusting. <laughs> I like how quickly Parker said, "Yeah." <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> he didn't specify who he was asking. Yeah, I mean, oh, right, if you don't, you're, you're not a real gamer. Uh, that's all. Good. Get to that. All right. Uh, in that case, let's talk about what we watched recently. But Start off with a good one here. Uh, one I'm really happy that I found. I've mentioned in the past the works of Satoshi Kon, the anime director. He did um, uh, Millennium Actress, Perfect Blue, Paranoia Agent, Tokyo Godfathers, and Paprika. Well, he died uh, quite a while ago. I think like 12 years ago he passed away. And they just now got around to releasing a documentary about his life. 
And it's very good. It goes into the detail of his movies and how he came up. Sometimes he was a tough guy to work with, but he had pretty high standards for everything. And here's a reason why his movies work. Some of them weren't as successful with uh, with film goers, but you know, most people look back and they really appreciate it. I I was watching. I was like, man, I I could go for all his movies like a complete box set. Everything he worked on was really cool. Even showed like the last project he was working on before he passed away. And it made a good point. It was like, you can't continue this. You can't just be like, oh, someone else will fill in the details and pick up the work like um, like Steven Spielberg did with Artificial Intelligence. This is his work. He is in every single frame of the things that he works on. He's like doing the proofs and everything. It's like a big deal, right? The, the one problem I think I have with this is they have... Uh, they interview a whole lot of people on here, not just Japanese people. They also interviewed uh, the director of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which makes sense. It's an anime movie that's told in a way that Satoshi Kon probably would have had some influence on. And they also have Darren Aronofsky uh, interviewed here. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you really had to get the director of Mother? Come on. And it's... <laughs> Chris, did they manage to get Max Landis for this? Uh, like luckily, if, if Max Landis had been in this, this couldn't have got five stars out of me. But uh, I will say that a, it does make sense to have Aronofsky because he's used multiple shots from Satoshi Kon in his movies, and they kind of show like, oh, did you recognize this? This is from Perfect Blue, etc. But boy, something that it was either you, Alex, or you, Parker, who pointed out to me is like, Darren Aronofsky has the strongest Bronx accent I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just talking, yeah, you know, I, I went to his house and uh, Satoshi Kon, I told him like, hey, I, can I use one of your shots from the movie? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's just all right. Anyway, uh, Gomez, and it's just done with him. He's like, somehow he, it almost looks like he's treating like he's too important for this documentary. I'm like, nah, you, you lost that footing, man. You don't, you don't get that one anymore. But yeah, anyway, watch everything, every single thing that Satoshi Kon has ever done. If you want to see the documentary, it's called Satoshi Kon, The Illusionist. And I believe you can watch it for free online. I don't remember where the link is. Maybe we'll put it in the show description uh, if I upload this by the time it's still online. Oh god, the next one. Well, I, I have to, I have to give myself a break before the next one because uh, this is that's going to lead to a lot of discussion. This is going to lead to a lot of discussion as well. But uh, I, I just wanted to brag a little bit. I finally finished a television show. I, I do struggle to finish television shows because there's a lot of runtime. You know, I can watch a movie and it's like what ninety minutes, uh, one hundred twenty minutes. That's great. It's done. But like TV shows, there's like multiple seasons. I got keep up with all this stuff. There's like a lot that goes into it, and I don't, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of time for that. But I was like, you know what? I really should finish Viva La Bam. <laughs> <laughs> all the fucking shows. I will. I will be. I will be fair. This is very good background noise while I'm working. Um, every once in a while, I'll get bored of work and I'll look up. I'll see Don Vito. <laughs> I'll get back in the screen. Uh, there is actually plenty to say here. Uh, first of all, the two best parts of the show are not Bam, and it's not even Don Vito. The two best parts of the show are Ryan Dunn, who's barely in the show, but whatever he is on screen, I want to watch it. Not just because, oh, I miss him, he passed away, but that guy's actually funny. Like, he's funny without saying anything. He just makes funny faces. He's just good at doing things without even saying it. He's just naturally funny. He should have been the star, not Bam Margera, but Bam had money and Ryan did not. And the other one is Brandon D. Camillo. That guy clearly has a lot of comedic chops, or had a lot. He apparently doesn't do anything anymore. Uh, but he was very, very funny on that show. I liked every single thing they did, because he was putting in a lot of effort. Apparently, he didn't like the show very much because it got too corporate. And 
I think that would be my uh, biggest complaint of the show is that once you get to season two through season five, it, can, it becomes really obvious how fake the show is yeah. and how much everything is scripted and stuff. And there's so many easy tells. That being said, it's still very funny because as as obvious as the scripted sequences are, they're still able to act around them, you know? Ryan Dunn is still funny. Brandon DeCamillo is still funny. And it's still funny some of the things that they do. A good example of this, opening shot, cold open, April Margera is lounging in the pool on an inflatable duck or something. I don't know. And uh, she, you got, like, nice peaceful music over there. And uh, then, in the background, you hear... Here comes Bam Margera, and, he's, and he goes up to the camera and says, We got a bucket full of paint, and he just goes down to the floor. Uh, I will say April does kind of ruin it. I, I liked before that she was like, she is her own character, and that, that's good to have a character, but it's she's repeating herself too much. It's like, are you crazy? Bam, come on, stop sucking your father's toes. What do you do? Bam, oh my god. Like, I'm just kind of sick and tired of that. As for Vito... I thought that, like, Vito was, like, the one guy you couldn't script. Because, like, listen to the way that he talks. That's, like, another thing I want to bring up. It's, like, you ever watch, like, a British show or movie, and, like, you, you finish it, and you kind of, like, have a British voice in your head, and you're like, oh, I hope I don't talk like that. Thankfully, no. S- same thing with Vito here. Because I, I finished it, and, like, the other Alex came over the next day. I was like, I hope that voice is gone. I hope I, just, I, hope I don't open the door and see her go, ah! You know, like, she would just turn around and leave. And he just talks like that the whole time. Here's the problem. It becomes really obvious that he's also faking that. Or at least that they just give him sequences in which they just tell him, hey, do the thing where you throw your arms up in the air and go with a high-pitched voice and everything. It's funny. And it is. It is funny. Like, there's a sequence where they bring him to, like, this... It looks like a cathedral. He just gets up on the dais or whatever and just starts doing that to all the, like, the stained glass windows. (laughs) It's like... It's funny. It's scripted, but it's still funny. So it's... It's okay. Uh, We get another shot of his dent. Didn't want to see that. And yet, that is not the most disgusting part of his body. Uh, Somehow his toe is only second place which by the way it gets worse as the series progresses (sighs) the worst is his skin tags when they go to italy he they his shirt like lifts up or something you can see like a little bit of opening here he's got like 15 skin tags just sticking off over here little bats hanging off him (laughs) exactly it it looks like little like bat nipples all (laughs) his bats coming in there they suck right over here it was so gross so unbelievably gross um I will say that I think the show has value. Um, I think that it's kind of fun. To, it's the most fun I've ever had with a reality TV show. Uh, obviously, scripted TV show. Mm. But it's it's fun, you know? It's uh, They have a good time on it. I will say that I wouldn't have fun if I was a part of their crew, for fairly obvious reasons. But also for the not-so-obvious reasons. I, I think I have a different idea of fun than they do. But uh, I, it's fun watching it every once in a while. It's nice seeing uh, Johnny Knoxville show up. And it's nice hearing uh, it's nice hearing Vito repeatedly tell Tony Hawk that he needs to stop skateboarding. Uh, it also like one of uh, Vito's favorite things is how much he hates games. Well, apparently, whatever whatever 
Bam is doing uh, on any given episode, Vito calls a game. <laughs> Can you imagine how much he would hate uh, the game of games? <laughs> Alright, so, uh, Don, you step into the pyramid. Do <laughs> 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 the damn pyramid! Oh, come on! Being a how come he gets a weed rat? I'm never gonna be a weed rat! This is fucking bullshit! <laughs> No one should ever want to be a part of that crew because Bam can never ever have the joke be on him. So it's just him constantly making fun of you and pulling pranks on you. You're like, "Oh, good one, man! Thanks for buying my house." You I mean, that's me the again. thing. It's like often whenever the, like the joke is on him, there's like one I remember at the end of the episode. April steals his steals his Lamborghini, and then he has it back in the next one. That's not that doesn't count. Oh, great. That's why Jackass is. It, it also gives me like a lot more appreciation for Jackass because when Knoxville shows up. He is so funny that it goes be like he, you can tell that that's not scripted. Like Knoxville's coming up with his own pranks. He's going off book, and it's so much funnier because Knoxville's just a funnier person than he is. And so is Ryan Dunn, and so is Chris Pontius, and so is Steve-O, and so is everyone on the crew except for Danger Aaron. Uh, actually, no, except for except for Dave. <laughs> what England. the fuck did Aaron do? <laughs> you know, you're right. I have to. I I meant I meant Dave England. They you know they they stay together a lot. Uh, Dave's just not very funny. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's okay. Do I feel bad for Bam? No. Okay, so the next thing that I watched... Boy, this is going to get me a lot of backlash. Let's hear it, baby. Let's hear it. Uh, okay, uh, rip this Band-Aid off. You know, I boycotted the Academy Awards a long time ago, and I haven't regretted it since. But every once in a while, we have to admit that the Oscar voters get it totally, 100%, completely right. Like they did with Green Book. How did I know? <laughs> How did I fucking know? Yep. <laughs> uh, where to begin? God um, damn it, <laughs> You are a walking gimmick of yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> Green Book uh, was on 18 different lists, so... What? You have to stop. We're no, I don't have you. Oh, come on. Alright, so here's the thing. Um... If uh, here's if people don't know what I'm talking about with Green Book, here's the thing: uh, Green Book was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture, and in fact won. And a lot of people got very upset about it. Uh, Parker, what did you think of Green Book? Uh, That's what I, I thought. Alex, I thought it was what did you pretty, think of Green Book? It was pretty good. I mean, the movie works for what it is. Like... Thank you. All right. Uh, so <laughs> most people who talk about Green Book, they don't actually watch Green Book. It's uh, one of the favorite punching bags for the internet left, which is uh, pretty sad. It's uh, people get upset because it treated uh, racial uh, racial problems with uh, not the utmost maturity. It is directed by a Farrelly brother, but uh, <laughs> <forgot> about that. <laughs> but it was also said it was like oh it's uh, like it's charming and wholesome, but like oh typical Hollywood stuff. Uh, have you seen some of the best picture winners for the past few years? It's not always the most charming and heartwarming and wholesome and stuff. But uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. Whatever. I got two hours. Let's put it in. Um, maybe I watched the secret version. Uh, I loved it. I actually thought this was one that was really, really good. And maybe I was just in the mood for this because I've been very morose lately and I just wanted like a happy story every once in a while. Or uh, maybe I just don't think everyone got this one right i think a lot of people who complained about the racial uh dysfunction of this one kind of got it wrong uh the performances are great obviously uh master Shah ali uh and 
uh, Viggo Mortensen uh, did a great job. Viggo Mortensen uh, was one of my favorites just because he, he... Alex, I'm a little surprised that you said this movie works for the for what it is because I thought you were going to compare it to Gotti. Because uh, really I've never seen like... Gotti. How can I compare it to Gotti? Oh, I'm going to write that down. Okay, so it's uh, it's a lot. I'll like definitely that. watch that one. It's you know it's kind of yeah I'm sure this you is have uh, no power here exactly <laughs> we're gonna get to like our eighth game of games and be like man you're still on the one the second one how come we haven't watched that yet so anyway uh, Viggo Mortensen has to drive Mahershala Ali I don't know how to say his name I don't care uh, down to the deep south for a variety of concerts uh, Ali plays a very good piano player this is based on a true story Chris so, say pianist. I will not say that. And not on this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, while while they drive along, they it's in 1962, so they learn about racism in the Deep South. It's still a thing. And the racism that Viggo Mortensen has. In fact, Viggo Mortensen's character is, in fact, a racist. And it's you something that you have Italian. to contend. That's the thing. Was, a lot of people are saying, it's like, oh, of course he's racist. He's Italian. It's like, well, it's not quite the way it works. I can't believe I came out of this movie defending Italians. And not just because Linda Cardellini is in this. And, oh, oh my God. She, Mamma mia. I do. <laughs> it is so unfair. She's like, she's 47 years old in this movie, I think. And she looks better than the vast majority of women in their 20s. I'm sorry, if you're a woman listening to this, you got you're no not. You're just not. Also, you're bad, too. But, yeah. like, she's just stunning in this. And a good character. I liked all the scenes with the Italians because they're eating the whole time, and I was really hungry. And the food looks really good. Uh, also, the the character that Viggo Mortensen plays eats a lot in the movie. Uh, as far as the racial stuff, I think a lot of people are kind of ignoring some of the scenes in the movie. Uh, there there are a couple infamous scenes. There is one in which uh, Viggo Mortensen is kind of. I wouldn't say abusing Ali, but he's annoying him a lot. He's like, hey, come on, let's go get some Kentucky Fried Chicken in Kentucky. When's that ever going to happen? Yeah, come on, don't you people eat this fried chicken? And he's like, what do you mean you people? That's really, you have a very narrow perspective of who black people are. And I kind of feel like all the audiences were ignoring that part that he says that. Because that's a, that's a good rejoinder to what he said, you know? Uh Anyway, there's another one where it's one of the climaxes of the movie. Uh... Viggo Mortensen says, I'm blacker than you. I know all about these, uh, these, this black pop music, and you don't, because all you ever listen to is classical music. And then people got mad at that line. And so did Ali's character. He got so mad that he demanded that he stop the car, and he got out and he walked in the rain because he was so outraged at what Viggo Mortensen's character said. And it's like, he should be outraged. That's a horrible thing to say. He has no idea what it's like to be black. And moreover, he doesn't have any idea what it's like to be black and to be that particular person. Black people are not a monolith and they should not be treated as such. And uh, I feel like everyone missed it. I, I feel like everyone was just not paying attention or either that or the truth of the matter is I feel like a lot of people did not actually watch this movie. I think a lot of people read a couple posts on Twitter and they said, oh, I'm going to let these people think for me. And it really bugs me when people do that. And when I say Twitter, I think what I really mean is Reddit posts. You're probably reading that, or, or maybe Letterbox posts, who knows. But uh, I actually think Green Book is a very good movie, and I do recommend it. So I just don't support the message of racial equality, so I won't be watching Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. Also, you, gosh, show, you definitely show yeah. those Twitter people. Yeah. Just as a, uh, a message to our listeners, please feel free to keep letting us think for you. It's totally cool. Yeah, absolutely. We yeah, know you're not going to watch these movies yeah, that we talk yeah. about. That's, that's a good point, yeah. You're not going to... Morbius. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. got the fever. Well, um... 
in keeping with the tradition of me being the only one who watches his assignments, I finally finished the last one on my list. Alex, thank you so much for the scary of 61st. Oh, my oh God. you saved that for last? Right. Well, I'm it's... I need you to pause one second while I take the cat out of the room. I want to talk about this movie <laughs> for 30 minutes. But she's a goddamn menace. Hang on a second. Yeah, all right, go ahead. Now, this is the one where the okay. internet's been shitting on it, and it's okay. For <laughs> she's hungry, so she's just looking at dangling cables, and I cannot have that while we talk about it. Oh, yeah, about that's, that's a good point. The Those Red are for you. Scare movie. Uh, yeah, okay, so it's important to talk about this. Here, Why did I save this for last? Besides the fact that this is the most recent release... Uh, the other Alex said that she wanted to see it and I took that I didn't even think about what does that mean about her I took that to mean yeah. oh thank god I could just wait until she visits for this so uh, you know if my girlfriend hadn't dumped me then I, then Alex never would have visited and uh, I never would have had a chance to see it I could just prolong it forever so oh, this is how you Thanks. get well, that's what I'm doing actually yeah. anyway <laughs> you just wait yeah, for exactly. movie so you can watch your yeah. 40 movie backlog right exactly yeah yeah so uh, it, it's also, when we talk about the scary of 61st, which is not very much fun to say out loud, by the way, it's also important to talk about the stuff behind it. Red Scare, our sister show, is a <laughs> podcast by uh, two, I believe they call themselves post-communist, post-socialist uh, I do not care what they City. call themselves. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> what they call I do remember their names are Anna Kasia and Dasha and I, I've never listened to a single episode. I... Really don't want to. Uh, I I don't have yeah, any. You shouldn't uh, say that when I've still got these Dragon Balls burning a hole in my pocket, buddy. You still have it's Dragon Balls. Just with Balls? the soda. Oh, <laughs> give me the soda. Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, I I don't really know very much about it. I do know about Dasha because she was the director of this and the writer of it, and she's one of the lead actresses in it. I know that wow, one a rare triple threat. Look out! Yeah, exactly. Much like Tommy Wiseau. Uh, I know that she is, she's kind of like, I would say that she's the internet leftist version of Rikasa, where she's like mildly attractive and all these like fuckless people look at her and they're like, oh, they worship the ground that she walks on. And the other part about it is that she fucked the, the <laughs> she fucked Adam from uh, Cometown. So Our it's like you friend. somehow found the grosser guy than Stav to sleep with. So. Oh, Alex, you love Come Town after your girlfriend. You have a dump yet recommended <laughs> yeah, it to yeah. you. Huge fan. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. Uh, I wanted to follow up on that. Did mm-hmm. she ever listen to it? Or did someone just mention it I didn't to ask. she thought you'd like it? I, I, I don't want to know. I, I need to know. No. Okay. Yeah. Shinron. I, I, <laughs> I, I, if, if I if I know hey, I'll ask her when I'm done watching I, all my assignments. Oh, yeah. There we go. <laughs> After she leaves you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, by the way, one more thing. So, uh, let's see. The scariest 61st. Uh, I'm so excited. I'm 100% I, get... watching this, by the so, way. So, Oh, yeah, you probably. Alex it's on Shutter, buddy. Can't say no. Why? Anyway, how, how much do you guys... deal? <laughs> yeah, how how much do you guys know about the scary 61st? I'm wondering if I'm going to repeat anything. Well, I'm going to do I it know, anyway. The listeners I know, know what, what it's about, and I know, like, roughly the format of it, but I don't know, yeah. like, the individual beats. Okay, so here's going to be one of the weird things about it. I'm going to defend something that a lot of people probably wouldn't defend about. I'll oh, get to boy. that in a second. So the basic story here is that there are two girls who move into a new apartment in New York. And the guy selling to them is kind of weird, but they're like, oh, whatever, the price makes sense. We gotta go here. We can't get this deal anywhere else. In New York, baby! And uh, they go. And 
it's a little bit like it's creepy. They're like, oh, what's going on? We found like a dead rat in the fridge. What's going on here? And then they experience weird hauntings and everything. And they do some research because a paranormal investigator comes by, played or, or not a paranormal researcher, sorry, a pedophile researcher comes by, played by Dasha Nekrasova. And they discover that the apartment they are uh, inhabiting was once inhabited or used by Jeffrey Epstein. And it was a flop house where he would take underage girls and rape them. And so one of the girls is being uh, uh, haunted by the spirit and possessed by the spirit of one of Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Oh, well, think about how much it knocks off the price. <laughs> yeah. Check out my so, apartment uh, life hack, guys. In New York? Yeah. Forget about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, here's the weird thing. There is something that's defensible. Before I get to the defensible thing, I want to say the format here is that it's sort of based off of... And Parker, you, this is actually something you would know fairly well. Remember like a lot of those 1970s horror movies that looked like they were all filmed in like one New York apartment and they look like shit? Absolutely. Uh, this, this is what the movie looks like. But it's oh, an intentional really? choice. I and love like, those. I, yeah, I can tell that they're going for this. I can tell that they're like, oh, we're trying to do it based off that. I understand it. I understand it. And do they pull it off? Yeah, for the most part, they do. This looks like a really bad 1970s movie. I don't know why they do it, because those movies are very bad. And this movie is also very bad. Why not try to make it look look like a good movie? I don't know. Who knows? Uh, anyway, it looks like shit. I don't know. I think... Uh, he, here's the thought process. I think Dasha Necrosova watched, like, a couple of those 1970s movies and went, like... <laughs> I, I could do that. I could, I, I could do that. <sighs> I could, I could so fucking do that. Oh my god. Anyway, uh, as for the story, I actually think the whole Jeffrey Epstein haunted apartment thing is one of the best ideas I've seen for a horror movie for this specific reason. Here's my defense. Watching this movie, I could tell the tongue was planted firmly in cheek. I don't know if this was satire, parody, whatever word you want to use, but this is clearly making fun of people. It's making fun of people. Remember when the Jeffrey Epstein news was like really taking hold in America and they were saying pedophile cult. Whether it was a cult, fine, whatever. I guess that word makes sense because there's a lot of billionaires out there who are exchanging money for underage girls uh, to fuck. And it's like, yeah, I guess a cult makes sense here. But there's another word that was usually appended to the front of that, usually whenever Hillary Clinton's name was dropped, satanic. They kept saying it was a satanic pedophile cult. And every single time I heard the word satanic, I was like, what, do you think it was a blood ritual or stuff? There were, like, people with, like, the goat horns and everything, like an A24 movie? What are we doing here? And I think Dasha also saw that word, and it was just like, really? We're going with uh, satanic? And she was like, well, what if I made a really shitty movie about it? Huh? What about that? And everyone was just like, uh, okay. And she did. So... It feels like it, this is kind of like a kick in the shins to anyone who called it a satanic pedophile cult. It, it feels farcical, right? It's, it's a farce. It's, like, it's so ridiculous that this sort of stuff is happening. That being said, there are some intentional jokes. Uh, I think my all-time, inten my all-time favorite intentional joke in this movie is when the boyfriend of the haunted girlfriend uh, is talking to Dasha. And Dasha's like, haven't you ever heard of Jeffrey Epstein? And he's like, oh, yeah, that guy, uh, didn't he kill himself? And she's like, he didn't kill himself. He was murdered. Just because he was found hanged in his own cell doesn't mean he killed himself. And the guy responds, maybe he was sad. Same. <laughs> <laughs> 
he's there's also a scene in which he's fucking his girlfriend. By the way, way too many shots of asses. I I I don't know how to say this very nicely, but like they don't really look that good. You don't have to show them all the time, all right? It's kind of embarrassing. Anyway, there's a scene where he's fucking his girlfriend, and he said, and he's like vaguely thrusting everything. He's like, yeah, shake that bear. Yeah, it's no, 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 no. He's saying, oh, I gotta wait for Parker here. I'm fine. Yeah, he's saying, God, I'm so fucking tall. Yeah, I'm just like, oh. you lost me again. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's that. Um, a lot of people who have been reviewing this are like, yeah, it's really messed up. This might be too much for you, libs. What are you, what are you triggered or something? And I'm like, yes. after seeing all the movies that I've seen on the list thus far, this isn't even, this doesn't even register. Like, the needle doesn't even move for this one. This is very, very tame. I will say, uh, when I, I usually try not to, like, say the riffs that I made during the movie, but I gotta do this one. Um... At one point, the haunted girlfriend leaves this kind of wandering outside New York, uh, and she goes to the steps of Jeffrey Epstein's building, the one that actually says J.E. outside of uh, the building, and she starts masturbating on it, and she spreads her lady juices on the J.E. there, and I was like, she's defacing Julian Edelman's apartment. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Alex did not Is she the one that that Snapchatted him in the bed the next morning? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I will never forget. Uh dude, dude, do you think if somebody gets haunted by like an underage girl that was like a sex slave and she walks outside and encounters a pit bull that the pit bull can tell that it's not an adult? Yeah. Maybe maybe that's it. There's <laughs> food for thought, man. I'm just curious. Yeah. Anyway, I I will say that the movie it's very bad, and in fact I do dislike it, and I dislike I don't, I don't really know the word that I would use to describe Dasha besides uninteresting. Annoying. Um, I, uh, <laughs> you actually did really well with her cadence earlier. I was impressed. <laughs> I don't even know if it was intentional. It's just like, oh, he's doing the thing. Yeah, I. who knows. Anyway, uh, with her... Uh, it, you know what actually it reminds me of? It reminds me of the, the Tucker Max, uh, I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, that movie you watched on your own? Very funny. Uh, it, re- it reminds me of that for the one specific reason that he seems like he would be smirking, like that toothless smirk. Being like, mm-hmm. If you watched it and you hated it, you wrote about it, how much you hated it, how bad he was, because he loves that sort of attention. I think Dosh is the same sort of person. Uh, Between so, this and Green Book, I'm getting fucking trolled this week, dude. Yeah. <laughs> such a shit lib. Yeah. Well, I will say there's only one other thing I want to say, so... Uh, Anna Kachian, or whatever the other one's name is, uh, she's in it, and she has a uh, cameo role as, I don't know how to say the name, but I think I do, and I think Dasha doesn't. Uh, and you can probably already guess what the name is. She points and she says, look, there goes Glenn Maxwell. I'm like, who is Glenn Maxwell? Was, was he the basis for the Sex Pistols? I don't know who Glenn Maxwell is. And you look at it, you're like, oh, that's someone who looks absolutely nothing like Ghislaine Maxwell. So, I, that's... Uh, Oh, boy. You know what? (laughs) I I don't have much for this. Uh, Finally. What a cameo. Yeah. (laughs) Can you just walk by so we can call you a famous pedophile? Yeah. You have to wear the shitty wig and you have to wear no makeup because you will look, again, nothing like Ghislaine Maxwell. She's like uh, Stan Lee. That's awesome. Saying, hey, Parker. Parker, you want to know uh, what would be worse than watching this on Shudder? I do. Watching it at Sundance. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes a Rooney. Yeah, exactly. Well just saying that honest to be like directed by it. Why is that name familiar? And then forty five uh, minutes yeah. in bashing yeah. against the wall. Yeah, quite quite awful. Um I uh, I do not recommend it to everyone, but also like I've seen so much worse, like so much worse. Uh, but I will say in the moment, I was just like, oh, fuck, this sucks. And you know what? This is one of the things where, like, watching all the other movies on the list came to save me. Because if I hadn't seen those, I think I would have hated this more. But uh, that finally, that was my shield from Alex's assignment. Thank God. Uh, two more here. I rewatched The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story, the documentary. Because I bought it on Blu-ray. I was like, I wonder if this was good enough to justify the purchase. And it is. It's still that good. I still love it. I'm really happy that I have it. I will say that the story's not complete, though. And it's like, obviously, they don't talk about, like, the big stuff. They don't talk about who are the biggest ones for uh, for Nickelodeon. Like, Spongebob, Dora the Explorer, the uh, Timmy Turner thing with the Fairly Odd Parents, Avatar Last Airbender. They don't talk about that stuff because that wasn't part of the Orange Years. It wasn't, like, part of the thing. But they don't touch on Rocket Power, and they don't touch on Hey Arnold, and they, it feels like that's an important part of what Nickelodeon was during that era. And I feel like without that, the story... Maybe they needed an Orange Years 2 or whatever the, the era was after that. Because I feel like those were important shows and people need to talk about them. And uh, I can't believe I just said that Rocket Power was an important show. <laughs> Still is. We all heard it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was my big complaint. Like, I was joining. They're like, then SpongeBob came and the door came. We made a lot of money. The end. You're like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. You're finally getting to the era I remembered, but okay. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's the thing is one of the things that I like is, A, there was a lot of stuff that I remember because I was watching Nickelodeon from, I guess, a younger age, so I remember some, like, the Rugrats, Rock of the Martins, Life of the et cetera, like that. But I also like the really old stuff. I was It was interesting seeing, like, Hey Dude, a show I would never watch on my own. But, Why like, I was just kind of interested to see, like, how that came along. It was, like, one of the things that, uh, that Geraldine, the, uh, CEO, the former CEO of Nickelodeon, said that really resonated with me is she said that there's a lot of dignity in being a child, and you need to respect that. And I, I think that's one of the things I like about this movie so much, is that it shows that all the people who worked at Nickelodeon respected children. And there was a lot that went into that. And also, you know, Parker, you're right. Even on a second watch, I wasn't prepared for the Magic Johnson thing. Jesus that Christ, man. That fucking. You know who else respected children? Uh, everyone in the scary sixty first. <laughs> Thanks for that, yes, sir. Uh, now here's a documentary that I thought wasn't so hot. It's called Mother to Earth: The Untold Story of Earthbound. Earthbound is a video game. You play a little boy, and oh, three in a row. Th- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> you know this this whole week was about uh, fighting my inner child. So <laughs> finally, I can watch a movie for adults with an adult living vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Mother to Earth is not, in fact, about Earthbound. Uh, that is a lie. Uh, it's about Mother, the prequel to Earthbound. Earthbound was for the SNES. Mother came out on the NES. This is the first game in the series. You know, the one that no one liked, and it was not even good enough to get an American release. Well, it did get an American release on, like, the Switch Virtual Console or Wii U Virtual Console, one of those things or whatever. And uh, people played it, and there's, like, a bunch of fans of it. And I gotta tell you, not me, man. I I haven't played it, or at least maybe five minutes back when I first got, like, a ROM set or something like that. But uh, I was like, yeah, it's okay. I like Earthbound. Earthbound's fun. It's really cool. But this one is, like, it feels like a prototype. It feels like they hadn't really developed the ideas yet and everything. 
the movie is directed by two big fans of the series and they portray themselves in like paper cutout form with like flappy jaws and everything and it works because it makes sense that's like the sort of thing that they would have done in earthbound uh what doesn't work is that they show one of the earthbound conventions where a bunch of fans show up and they're dressed like that little boy with a hat and the shorts and the striped shirt the back there's no way there's enough people to like that fucking game there's like a bunch of people there's like dozens of people there and they all dance around to the songs i bring this up for a specific reason i they at one point the the two guys who are making this thing they travel to japan to meet with keiji (laughs) suzuki who composed the music for the game they have a long conversation he's just happy that someone appreciates it can you imagine if they showed him a video of all these fucking fanboy loser virgins dressed up there and dancing around to the songs that he worked so hard to create he would renounce his profession chris i'm just imagining this interview going down with like you know a real person sitting in his office talking to two people who are portrayed by fucking terrence and philip characters (laughs) (laughs) i should have said flappy jaws (laughs) (laughs) oh one of us had a child say hello ike (laughs) so (laughs) don't kick the baby i it, the, you know the the show or the show no, the documentary is actually more about the ROM that was initially dumped online. It was apparently a really big deal because that was the original build of the game. That was the English localization. That was not like a ROM hack of the Japanese version. It was a real deal. That is not an interesting enough subject for a movie. And Jesus, I no, like, I wouldn't watch exactly. a YouTube video about that. I don't know if I would watch a YouTube video about it. And I like gaming historian stuff. I think that stuff is interesting. Not enough for ninety minutes. It's not though, and certainly not on on this game, which is weird because like there are like little games I find every once in a while that I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I just want to like press it into the hands of everyone I mean. Like you haven't played this great game, and I'm like, man, I'd watch a documentary about this. Not Mother. <laughs> Mother's not good enough for that. But also, they barely talk about the game. It's like, why don't you talk more about the game? They don't talk about the differences oh between it and Earthbound. You know? They don't even oh do that. Oh my god. It just dawned on me that somebody's going to make an Undertale documentary someday, and I'm going to get oh. to assign it to Chris. Oh, come on. Who do you think will be funding nice. it? <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to not do Terrence and Phillips jokes. I'm doing my best over here. <laughs> why the hell is that crowd, Philip? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enough of Mother to Earth. Thanks so much for that shit. Um, one last one. I rewatched uh, Manhunter from 1986 by Michael Mann. Hell yeah. Boy, I love that movie. I really love that movie. I will say, uh, back when I watched it the first time, uh, Alex said something that I thought was a bit hyperbolic. He said uh, that Red Dragon is unwatchable. And I said, no, 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 no. Hannibal is unwatchable. Red Dragon is basically fine. It's not as good as Manhunter, but it's like it's got some decent moments in it. I still haven't watched all of Red Dragon. I've seen like bits and pieces. And I was like, yeah, it's basically good enough. I don't care. But after watching Manhunter a second time, I'm like, maybe Red Dragon is unwatchable simply for the fact that it's nowhere near as good as Manhunter is in every single respect. Like, what does Red Dragon do better than Manhunter? And I don't think it does anything better than Manhunter does. The music's great, the the acting's great, the style is... I love the camera work, I love the color tints, I love the way it tells its story. I like the... just the story itself, just the the, the book that was written on it's, it's really, really good. Uh, it's exciting, it's... I, I love it. I, Manhunter works wonderfully, so I'm very happy that I got to rewatch it. So it's, it's worth your time to revisit. Uh, I might buy the Blu-ray as soon as the price drops, because right now it's like 40 bucks. So, oh my god. Yeah, I know. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? 
Alright, just a couple things here. Um, you guys are gonna have to help me out on this one, because I legitimately don't remember if I forgot to talk about this in a previous week or not. Uh, okay. Parker, did I talk about the fucking Predator movie that you assigned me? No. No, oh no. Goodness. Hell yeah, dude. Buddy. Yeah, as soon as you said assign, I was like, no, wait, did he talk about this? <laughs> I fucking I was scrolling through HBO Max the other day and saw that I had watched that. I was like, oh my god, I forgot to bring it up on the show. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> what a cast, what? right? <laughs> yeah. What a movie. That movie should have been so good. Absolutely. And yet it's very much not. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> it is incredibly funny that we spend all our time on... Well, before I say that... uh. The premise of the movie is basically the Predators somehow are transporting the deadliest warriors in the universe to their own planet in order to hunt them. Your movie starts off with all of these, you know, all of these fucking Earth hero types. Oh, not heroes. This is, this is just anyway. killer instinct. Yeah, they're just like all parachuting in. So we've got our lead, some mercenary played by Adrian Brody. We've got, uh... That seems like a role for him. <laughs> we've got Walton Goggins. We've got Mahershala Ali. We've got... Um, That's how you say Oh, God. Danny Trejo's there. Um, you know, we're just really bringing all of all of the best to this planet. Mm. And they're all just parachuting in and then getting murdered by booby traps. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they meet Lawrence Fishburne in a Predator costume. <laughs> yeah, dude. There's no way he's fit in that costume, by the way. Right, the exactly. Fights. Come on. It's so good that they clearly were just like, oh, fuck, we need to wait up to have this runtime. We're only at 65 minutes. Why don't we go hang out in Lawrence Fishburne's derelict spaceship while he mutters to himself? <laughs> it Every is... line is, hey, I've been on this planet. What? It or, is What? Larry, can you please? <laughs> it is truly a Brando-esque performance. <laughs> you know, that's what he was going for, but also, yeah. don't yeah. do that. <laughs> I, it's and it's it's funny because like it sucks, but there are like four scenes that are really good. But it's like just enough of like a good movie that you're like mad that the rest of the movie also sucks. Like this could have been so good. The premise is so good. You just have like this fucking like random ass Spetsnaz dude with a giant machine gun fighting predators, and instead it's like. Oh, well, actually, the Predators pick them off one by one as they run for the jungle, and then they do all the same stuff they do in the first movie at the end. <laughs> and then it's over. It's like, oh, well, wow. Yeah, oh. I totally <laughs> forgot that they all get parachuted into the new planet. That's so funny. It's really good. And, oh, by the way, just because, you know, hunting a bunch of humans that are on a alien planet isn't easy enough for them they also have a mole with the humans <laughs> who is played who by is played but who is played by none other than topher grace oh even better <laughs> the whole movie is just like all of these like serious fucking army types and then also topher grace doing riffs like it's <laughs> i'm so happy that i watched this absolutely like, it's not good, but no, it's no, good. No, no, no. I assigned it to you and not Chris for a reason. No, yeah. Thank you. He's like, there's there's nothing remarkable, like, you know, technically or in the... There's no new ideas other than the premise. Like, there's there's literally nothing interesting about the movie except the premise and the cast, which should be enough. 
and it's not. But I don't care. Um, okay, what else we got? Well, Chris, you'll appreciate this one. So, uh, we're sitting around, uh, the other afternoon, you know, just, like, flicking through Hulu. Like, yeah, we should probably, like, find some new show that we can put on. It's just, like, you know, can be on in the background. Doesn't require yeah. a ton of attention. So I'm like, hey, have you ever seen Burn Notice? <gasps> <laughs> My dad just unsubscribed and resubscribed. It is. I I really I miss how well the the formula of that show works. Like, yeah, I'm so thankful it's on Hulu. Like, because mm -hmm. it's dumb and it's hokey, and by the time you're in season three, like you're kind of over it. But it's a great ride until then, because all of the characters are fun and interesting. Like, obviously the premise is fantastic. Um, just. I mean, I don't really need to go into deep detail about Burn Notice, a show that I feel like everyone has either watched or scrolled by 2,000 times and decided they don't want to watch it. But uh, At this point, we're enough of, we are all enough dads to watch it. Exactly. As far as, like, network TV shows that you just throw on, like, it's pretty up there. Although oh, yeah. I will say that uh, they have the standard death version on Hulu, so it looks like it was made in the mid-90s. <laughs> <laughs> It actually looks like fucking garbage. <laughs> but, yeah, you can do worse. And, uh, one last thing. Um, uh, allow me to set the stage for this one by, uh, uh, I, I want to just, you know, frame this to have you guys thinking about, you know, a specific time, like, earlier in all our lives that, you know, just to contextualize what I'm about to talk about. So I want you to take your brain back to, you know, one of everyone's favorite years, 1805. When Napoleon is master of Europe, and right. only the British fleet stands before him, uh -huh. and oceans are now battlefields. Yes, yes. sir. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, you've talked a lot on the show about movies that you watched on a laptop when you were in college. Yeah. Master and Commander is one of those movies for me, and I Ooh. liked it back then. Whoa. But, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know, it's been, God, how many fucking years since I've seen that? Let's, let's not get into how many years it's been <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. Uh and I got home, I had a rough night at work, I came in, I started scrolling through HBO Max, I saw that, I'm like, you know what, we're gonna practice some self care tonight. Yeah. Uh yeah, it turns out that movie fucking whips, dude. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Boy, what a bad movie. So good in so many ways. And like I understand why this movie didn't do well, because, you know, it got caught in the fucking like the Pirates swells of, of Pirates of the Caribbean, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, people thought they were going to see an action movie, and instead it's just, like, a period piece about a Navy vessel. Right. But it's a really, really good period piece about a Navy vessel. Yeah, Because, like, I you get into all of the shit Pirates. with the crew. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, we take, like, a ten-minute segue where they find an uncharted island, and the naturalist is just like, please, sir, please let me go aboard. I must study the birds. And, you know, <laughs> you get all that. Uh, <laughs> it's like a new member of the show. <laughs> Bird guy. <laughs> Please let me say whence. Please. Mods. Um, <laughs> I, I don't need to go into too much detail about this one because this is one of those if you know, you know movies and also like just extremely, extremely for the fellas. So, so you know, literally everyone listening, worth your mm -hmm. time. The fucking nerve of this movie of all movies to end on a sequel tease. <laughs> I my heart. 
could not believe that this fucking movie had a sequel tease in the last scene. I think they were really confident. I thought that they, I think the people who made it thought they were, they were going to ride the wave of Pirates of the Caribbean and get another one. Man. Oops. There's still time. (laughs) Russell Crowe's not that old. I mean, unless he looks like he did not Unhinged. In which yeah, case, okay. Master Commander 2, Moby Dick. <laughs> this captain is unhinged lately. <laughs> Man, I should watch. I was also a laptop boy. I don't think I even finished it because, you know, I can a 700 so. megabyte file on a 2008 laptop. Didn't really do it justice. I should probably yeah. do that. It's, yeah, it's one of those things that's worth it. And in fact, not just Master and Commander, but like almost every single movie you watched on a laptop, give it a chance on the TV. You know? I'm working it's on like, it. Yeah. Working I know, I know. It's like a long process. Like, even. Luckily, like, most of it was absolute garbage, so we're yeah. fine. I'm trying not to make this about myself, but like, I rewatched Ami Lee recently. I only have the DVD. I need to get that on Blu ray because I want to see that like look nice, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, there we That's a movie a, that looks good in every possible way you yeah. watch it, but yeah, yeah no, uh, I I do have a story here that's funny. I I helped Gabby move to her. She's the one who's not. I helped her move <laughs> to her new apartment today, and she was complaining about her boyfriend. Apparently, uh, she put on a movie. I'm not going to reveal the movie yet. And David said, uh, "Wait, what? It's in full screen? No, take it out." And he made her take out the dvd from the dvd player and he rented it luckily with his own money on like apple itunes whatever store it's like we have to watch it in like the full like widescreen hd whatever do you want me to like pause this movie and find like a still of this movie in in full screen and compare it to the widescreen version because we could do that and she was like no i just want to watch the devil wears prada (laughs) (laughs) but also like Hey, he's right. I'm moving. Can you fucking chill? <laughs> oh no, she wasn't. She wasn't. Th- this wasn't happening at the time. This is. Oh, I was really yeah. hoping like yeah. all the boxes <laughs> no, are no, sitting he was, in the middle of the living room. He's just sitting on, no, he, he's just Chris, sitting on the Chris, floor. <laughs> Chris was just helping her move while he wasn't there. You know, <laughs> as these things go. Uh, yeah, David. David was working at the time, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a lot yeah. funny to me to imagine you like just pulling <laughs> in boxes, like, boxes as he's, he's got just... the TV plugged in, like sitting on top of boxes, going, "Babe, babe, what is this?" <laughs> wow, Lois, check it out! I found my DVD for the Devil Wears Prada. <sighs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, well, David's right. different every yeah. single time. You do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's going to be a different person every single time. One time he's going to hit on the impression, my ears are wait what, and he's just going to do it wrong again. Just That's again. every time, dude. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You said that was the last one. Uh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Parker, go ahead. He just kicked you on. I was like, that's enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Let's you are see. not going to believe this. <laughs> All right. So a uh, quick one here. Speaking of uh, laptop movies, uh, The Social Network is back on Netflix. Oh. So your boy popped that on the big TV. Mm-hmm. Man, uh turns out good movie huh crazy yeah i really like that one <laughs> a big fan of like one moment in particular is earlier on in the movie where they're first making the site and it's cross-cutting between the college party and everyone going ape shit and then just to them sitting huddled around creating an algorithm to rate girls 
incredibly <laughs> good editing there. <laughs> really, like that's the thesis of your whole movie right there. It's yeah. wild college yeah. parties, and it's like, okay, so if I do this here, I need you to email all these people. And, oh my god, Jesus, I'm gonna die tonight, boys. <laughs> oh, focus on the content. Focus on the Scared content. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're alright. All right. Just let us know if I think. I have a feeling we'll know if oh something happens. God. We'll just sign off. <laughs> just rub some dirt on it. Oh boy, that's a long. That's fine. Sorry, yeah. it's fine. We're I not. just think it's... that Brenda's song is. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> this is not a sweet life, folks. Because uh, I remember when this came out, I didn't know who David Fincher was. Like, I'd seen Fight Club. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't a movie autist like I am now, so I didn't associate with that with anyone. So I'm like facebook movie who gives a shit and then i finally caved a couple years later and watched it a sweet sweet 700 mb that was a life man yeah i I mean i i I somehow avoided watching that on a laptop only to later watch it on an airplane so you know like every three months i check and like is this streaming anywhere and it never is but the other night i checked it's finally on netflix so uh yeah. Finally, got to cross off the old it. laptop list. Was that the one written by that guy who we, we usually make fun of? What's that guy? Absolutely. Yeah. What's his name? Of course. Now oh, come on. What was it? The Don't Social help him. Network Don't writer help Aaron Sorkin. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Think of anything funnier. The world's biggest warhorse fan, dude. <laughs> I gotta like. I gotta tell you, like. That's the thing about Sorkin is like every once in a while I watch his stuff and be like, wait, this is really good. What's the, what's yep. the deal? And then like. <laughs> And then I'll watch some of his stuff, and then I'll be like, oh. Well, the deal is, uh, sometimes he writes it, and sometimes he writes and directs it. Yeah, that's a good point. Basically, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, finishing up just about the trip down John Carpenter Lane, I watched both versions of Village of the Damned, the original one and his version. Yeah. Oh, which of them? Which one? Have you seen either of them? I saw the first one. I saw the 1961. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty solid. It, it, it basically works. I don't think it works quite as well as other... Isn't that movie British? Am I wrong? Is that oh, movie? it's hella British. That's what I thought. And I was like, I don't know. I have a little thing about British movies here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, pretty solid, like, 1960s, spooky movie, creepy-looking kids. John Carpenter watches a kid. It scared the shit out of him. He had a crush on the little girl from the movie. Like, he's a big fan of it. It's not just a paycheck movie. Yeah. So, you know, he has, as I discussed before... Just a miserable time with memoirs of an invisible man. Yeah. Just, just finished Mouth of Madness. And he's like, you know, why don't why do I have to keep trying so fucking hard? <laughs> like he was even saying this in an interview, he was like, I know all these people, they don't go through nearly the shit I do. Why don't I just fucking take a script to give me lump sum of money, I'll just go fucking make it in my backyard. So he did, and you can tell. Oh, great. <laughs> the first half hour I'm watching it thinking, like, oh, is this one, like, secretly good? Because this is one of the few of his that hasn't been just, like, reclaimed by uh, fucking losers. I was like, yeah. this is pretty solid so far. I Wait, is that like because, like, the opening scene was, like, showing, like, the, the destruction that they cause, and there's, like, a, a backyard scene that looks, like, looks really scary and, like... I don't know if there's, like, a no. lot of blood or something like that, because I think I saw, like, a clip of that. I was like, Wait, that looks good. Oh, no, no. This is just, like getting to hang around the town more and then like because uh, in the 60s one like the thing happens everyone falls asleep and they wake up they're like damn all these women are pregnant 
I said pregnant. I'm sorry. <laughs> Leave your voice. Stre- your voice stressed right now. Yeah, I, like, I oh can my, understand. Yeah, like oh my god, everyone's pregnant, and the, the cuss the next scene. They're like, cool. So everyone had their kids, and also they're all seven years old. And that's weird. All right, on with your lives. But here you get to really like spend a lot of time living with that and having people be like, so like if y'all want to flush these out, you can. If not, the government will give you some money. You know, we'll keep an eye on these kids, see what's going on here. You get more of like. Uh, when everything pauses, there's an incredibly good bit because you know everyone just at this one time everyone just drops and passes out. One dude passes out on a grill, so it just Ooh, cuts that's to this the dude's one I was talking about. body. Yeah, that's, that's really was, good. Oh boy, yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff going on. And then after that point, I'd say about thirty thirty five minutes in, it just becomes the original one beat for beat, which oh. is not particularly exciting. Oh. Uh. What was interesting for me going in was uh, I just associate Christopher Reeve as Superman and then the Maddox articles about him being an asshole because (laughs) he was in the Superman movies, which everyone knew about. He was in a bunch of shit I will never see because who could care? Yeah. And then by the time I was old enough to know who he was, he's the paralyzed guy that fell off the horse. Like, I've never seen a Christopher Reeve movie. Fuck with no horses, bro. (laughs) He is... Not particularly exciting in this movie. Yeah. Isn't Mark Hamill in that one? He's in like three scenes and yeah. he is doing oh. his he is doing his nineties Hamill thing, let me tell you. Oh great. Hamming it up. Um there's a lot of problems that stem from this movie being in color. Cause like you watch the sixties one like you did and you're like, alright, they're creepy kids and they've got the creepy like dark clothes and they got the white hair. But mm. that's just like that's how black and white movies looked just have them in the 90s be like all right so they're wearing gray top to bottom and their hair is like bleach white like what it just looks fucking stupid (laughs) yup it looks real dumb the second they appear on screen that's when you know like oh shit this isn't gonna work because the kids look dumb like the movie the whole premise is gone now you can't do anything about this yeah it's uh a real bummer because like i said it starts strong and then it just once you realize like oh we're just gonna go scene for scene even, uh, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, at the very end of the movie, they used the metaphor of the brick wall a lot to like block yeah, out yeah. their thoughts. Yeah. They just do that again. <laughs> like, they just oh. cut to the, a brick wall crumbling while the kids are trying to get answers out of them. That's like, they just do everything. <laughs> and none of it's as good, because Christopher Reeve is very, very toned down. Christy Alley's on a million fucking Xanax. Oh, buddy, is oh, she ever? Great. She's a government agent in, in the town. She's a government... Whatever. Fine. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah, at it doesn't point, work. Yeah. I, at some point, I'll probably watch it just because, like, I I would also like to complete the Carpenter film. Gotta be on lists. Has to be. No, I, I don't I don't think so, actually. I'm, I'm gonna look at it right now. Parker, keep talking. This premise could work if he, like, strayed from more. It's like, okay, what is the day-to-day life like here? Like, what is school like with all these nightmare kids? Why isn't anyone acknowledging how weird they look? Zero Why is no one... List. Why is no one just fucking shooting one of these kids? Like, at some point, after, like, the third person goes missing, someone just got to sneak up while they're sleeping and just done, like, right in the head. But no, like, it's just B for B, like, okay, now this is happening. Oh, this person disappeared. This person disappeared. The government's going to bomb us. You're like, I... This movie is longer than a lot of Carpenter movies, and it either needs to be 20 minutes shorter or, like, 30 minutes longer. I want to, like, get deep into this town, see their day-to-day lives. I want to see an uncomfortable dinner with a family just terrified of their nightmare child. 
Oh, that'd be a great idea. Get, yeah. So we should get the same beats. Like, if it's just going to be the same movie, just cut it down like a tight 85. Yeah. What Was not a fan. Really, yeah. really bummed me out. Yeah. So, speaking of assignments, Alex, uh, a million years ago, you assigned me License to Kill. Oh, hell yeah, I did. So, uh, obviously, I looked it up, so I'm like, oh, he only did two Bond movies. I guess I should just watch them both. That's so, acceptable. So, what is your take on the Dalton Bond? Because, as we all know, I have seen the Brosnan ones. By that, I mean I watched GoldenEye as a kid and then watched the others for this show. <laughs> and then I've seen most of the newer ones. So, everything before that has no reference or meaning to me. Mm-hmm. What is your take on him? So... Dalton himself, I think, is, like, a pretty shitty Bond. He's, like, kind of wooden. Although he is <coughs> unbelievably handsome in these movies. Just absolutely. You could you could fucking cut diamonds on that chin. It is unreal. Um, I think they're much better as movies than Bond movies. Um, mostly because, like, they're enormous budget 80s action movies. And, like... So- I think The Living Daylights is kind of more Bond-ish than uh, License to Kill is, but License to Kill is, like, a way, way, way better movie. Um, Just because, like, that's a movie that's pulling out all of the stops in terms of, like, you know, cutting-edge, mid-80s special effects and shit. I think that movie looks and feels amazing. It's in my top five or six Bond movies for sure, although... It's not out of some love for, like, the Bondness of the movie. It's just a really good fucking movie, I think. Is it also because it feels like a Miami Vice episode, but with Bond in it? Because that definitely... That is a great way to put it, yeah. (laughs) Miami Vice is the kind of show where a shark farm would play predominantly into the plot. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, I have no frame of reference for what old... I mean, we all know what old Bond is just because we're alive and we watch movies, but... Yeah. I didn't grow up with them, so I don't care if these feel like Bond or not. So just watch them as their own. I fucking love these like a lot. Yeah, dude. <laughs> these were great. <laughs> like I and I've heard similar things from, you know, being extremely online, like these don't feel like Bond movies, but they're good movies and I mean I'll take your word for it. I've only seen Doctor No from the old ones and this definitely doesn't feel like that. But Oh boy, of all I the think, ones. <laughs> I mean, the autism requires it. Correct. I really like Dalton like None of the ladies' man stuff works, and they really don't lean into it that much. But the anger really, really works with him. The man looks on edge at all times. Like, through the entirety of License to Kill, he just has bags under his eyes and looks disheveled. Like, he's just about to lose his mind. And I love it so much. Oh, yeah. Those movies are dark. Like, especially by Bond standards. Like, people look at the Craig movies as dark. Like, those Dalton movies are fucking dark. (laughs) They are very grim. My God. Uh, Let's see. So, with Living Daylights, um, big fan of Joe Don Baker and his lair and everything. (laughs) Yeah, but... Every time he's on screen, just LARPing as war generals, doing dioramas and saying, Well, if I was here, I would have done this. A million stars could watch three hours of this that was my biggest takeaway from that movie yeah that's fair <laughs> i love every scene he's in license to kill i mean sharks ninjas that guy fucking exploding like, <laughs> that guy fucking ex- i thought like okay like they're gonna turn the cabin he exploded like a fucking horror movie <laughs> yeah he did i could not believe my eyes dude <laughs> 
I I regularly think about that fucking car chase with the semi trucks. Oh my like, god, it's so good. You couldn't do that today. It's amazing. Them like creating a rig to lift that semi truck on its side. Oh my god, dude. I yeah, love, you gotta love the movies, folks. <laughs> Absolutely, take me back. <laughs> and like, I don't watch a lot of Bond, but we've seen all the Mission Impossibles, so I'm very familiar with the "you're a rogue agent now" plotline. But I love how they do it here. With not only to get a status revoked, but he just slowly work his way into the drug kingpin's inner circle and be like, "Yeah, I know they mentioned this dude. Can you trust him?" And then just waiting for him to get brutally murdered as he moves in closer and closer. I love it so much. And, like, Dalton is not a funny Bond. He's very dry and angry. So giving Q a lot of fun bits is an incredibly good choice. Absolutely. It needs it. It needs something. I'm going to think about the rake bit a lot of him sweeping up out there. <laughs> it being a secret walkie. Him communicating that he's on the move and then just tossing the rake in the bushes and leaving this 95-year-old man doing lawn work. I love it. I love this movie. The end chase just, it rips so hard. It's unbelievably good. good. And also, uh, I absolutely believe that uh, late 80s Benicio Del Toro is a monster. (laughs) He's a slimy little man in this movie. (laughs) Like, the fucking, the thresher he gets dropped in. I mean, Felix Leiter gets almost murdered by sharks. Yeah, That's insane to me. <laughs> the fact that he survives is baffling to me. They're like, oh, he just lost a leg. And you're like, go fuck yourself, movie. You can yep. afford to kill oh, Felix Leiter. It's okay. You kill We've everyone. have seen it else. happen several times before. Exactly. Just just do it. It's fine. But I'd always heard reference to the... I don't even know which Bond it is, but the one where he gets married and Blofeld kills his wife. The fact that they reference in this one, I'm like, wait, so... It's, did that actually happen? Is this fall into the whole weird, like, what's the continuity? How much of this carries over? It's just fueling my autism to go back and watch them all. Yeah. Knowing they're not going to be anything like this. All right. But, uh... Yeah, so, awesome. so I, as a as a word of advice, and I'm sure I've told you this before, um, you can you can pick liberally from the Con- the Connery movies. Like, they, they start to decline in quality pretty quickly, but they're all bond like if you like it like you can work with those um the uh honor majesty secret service is worth watching but not until you've seen a decent amount of them and then you can skip basically every roger moore movie like watch like one or two to get the tone and then it's like oh yep they're all like this they're movies for babies yeah i was looking at like which who is which bond and which movies i was like oh man all of these titles are wretched yep (laughs) those are the ones that i skip over every time interesting that's good to know. Next week's episode, Moonraker. I mean, it's coming. It's coming <laughs> yeah. yeah, two great movies. That was that was a wonderful surprise. Happy for you. I wish he did more. I really like this version of Bond a lot. You know who didn't? Everyone at the time. <laughs> well, well, uh, as we learned with Morbius, you can't trust the public opinion on things. That is right, true. Yeah. Uh, so one last thing uh, that I watched today that I didn't plan on talking about until I was watching it. So, uh, I did not learn until afterwards that Johnny Knoxville had a match at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, really? You guys. <laughs> I took more notes on this than I took on Morbius. This is the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. Right? Let me let me set you boys down. 
doesn't matter what the feud is doesn't matter uh johnny knoxville is wrestling one Sami Zayn. now mm-hmm. uh this starts of course with an ad for DraftKings, where you can bet on wrestling which seems incredibly shady and not cool but that's not for me to decide right let's get to the meat of this uh johnny knoxville comes out to the jackass theme song mm-hmm. in uh red spandex head to toe uh tremaine jasper and the goat Dark Shark are all ringside to cheer him on. <laughs> Immediately we're at three stars because Dark Shark is front row screaming yes. at people. Yes. Oh, that rules. Uh, they ring the bell, start the match. One move, just one kick to the face, and immediately they go under the ring to start getting stop signs and trash cans and shit. It's like, don't worry. This isn't an actual match. I would not waste your time with this. Please trust me. Okay. Um, immediately after a bunch of you know like trash can shots, all that, um, Sammy goes on the table to pull out a giant table covered in mouse traps, just like <laughs> thirty glued to the top of it, and they set that up for later. Uh, go in the ring, hit each other some more stuff. Uh, Johnny sets up a table in the corner and immediately eats a suplex through it. Looks <laughs> unpleasant to say the least. Eats shit no hard. Yeah, our boy is in trouble. Oh my god, is that Chris Pontius jumping into the ring? <laughs> Pontius appears, climbs in, begins to do the party boy dance to distract one Sami Zayn. <laughs> Rips off the tearaway pants, is in a thong, grinds up against him as uh, commentator Pat McAfee lets us know how brave he is, describing his various adventures in Wild Boys, and that time he put his penis in a terrarium with a snake inside (laughs) Uh, so Pontius is in full party boy mode uh, grinding all over him immediately gets stomped out and thrown out of the ring he gets kicked under the ring Sammy goes after him but something gets him and that something is of course Wee Man who emerges (laughs) from under the ring with a fucking Steve Austin level pop from the crowd (laughs) Uh, I saw that one no one told Wee Man how to work punches because he is just flailing as hard as he can. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> lifts, lifts him up to deliver an Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan powerbomb that I will remember for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wee Man then goes under the ring and retrieves a device that I can only describe as a... Uh, it's a little stand, and there's like a pendulum in the middle, and attached to the pendulum is a giant steel foot. That is clearly meant to hit someone in the dick and balls. That's set up for later. <laughs> uh, Pat McAfee references Brock Lesnar throwing Wee Man through the table at that restaurant. <laughs> so for that. Yeah. Uh, Sammy goes to the top rope to do a frog splash. Johnny holds out a giant fucking Acme button, hits it. Pyro goes off behind Sammy, who goes flying to the ground. Johnny throws him into the corner, grabs a bowling ball out of a bag, <laughs> bowls a strike right on his cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> Lifts him up, takes him to the kicking machine, and just gives him one right in the dick. <laughs> so at this point, uh, Sammy is struggling. And uh, instead of capitalizing, Johnny uh, reaches into the bag of tricks once more, takes out a taser, begins chasing him around ringside. Sammy runs Full speed to the announcer's table, right into a giant high five, and gets planted on his ass. <laughs> he climbs to the top rope again after triple checking to make sure it's not going to explode, and then gets thrown off of the turnbuckle, over the edge, off to the side, onto the giant table full of mouse traps, which looks like it sucks 
so fucking bad. <laughs> he looks so unpleasant. Oh. Uh, at this point, uh, Pat McAfee is having more fun than I've ever had in my entire life. He's... It's clear throughout this entire match he's a lifelong fan because he's just constantly referencing Jackass. Yeah. Constantly referencing how many times he's seen Pontius's dick and balls and asshole. <laughs> which is shocking because this is a TV PG show. But yeah. it's fine. Uh, so... While he's recovering from landing in all of the mousetraps, the entire Jackass crew comes out, reach under the ring, and pull out a giant, human-sized, eight-foot-long mousetrap. (laughs) 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 The giant mousetrap does not work, and then it kind of works, and it works a little bit, and then it pins him down. They count the three. Five stars. Everyone celebrates in the ring, including Dark Shark, who starts crip-walking, and they have to quickly cut away from it. Greatest thing oh, I've seen God. in my entire life. A million stars. WWE is back. AEW, eat my shorts. <laughs> Incredible shout out to uh, the replay of the bowling ball where Pat McAfee yells, Who do you think you are? I am. And no one <laughs> acknowledges it. <laughs> He's living his best life and he got to eat a stunner. i truly jealous. No, that's great. Alright, now. On to Morbius. Right. When I turn into a bat, there's no real skill to it at all. I just shout, BAT! Human form! Where should so, we start? Uh, just kidding. Let's start with Jared Leto's method yeah. acting. And so, making everyone yeah. wait okay, okay. 45 minutes for him to take a piss. Because he had to hobble away on crutches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fucking man. ass. Imagine you're just some poor fucking grip guy. You're just like... He's been gone a half hour. We've been here for all fucking day, dude. My kid's band is playing tonight. You just hear the sound of those two little crutches. And she's like, sorry to make you wait, boys. He's <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Can someone help me with these pants? <laughs> and also, uh, just to preface this whole conversation, this movie's first release date was July 2020. Just to keep that that in the back of your minds. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Anyway, it got delayed. I wonder what happened. They probably made it better. Yeah, it got delayed all the way to uh, April Fool's Day of 2022, which is very appropriate. (laughs) Incredible bit by whoever did that. The nerve to deny us this movie in January when we deserved it. Yeah, that too. The reason they were like, oh, well, Spider-Man's still making money. We don't want any competition. Sony fucking rules, dude. They dude, can't that's... do anything right. <laughs> when I saw that Sony logo at the beginning of the movie, I just immediately grabbed the order cards and the pen and be like, nope, I'm take those of this <laughs> well, one. Well, no one's in here, so I can yep. kick my feet up. <laughs> and that is that is something I will say, because one, like, oppressive thought I had throughout this movie was imagining the life of, like, a studio executive that just, like, you know, you greenlight something like this, and then two years later, somebody shows you this, and you go, what the fuck? fuck happens what is this sign off is this the sequel like no it's that movie you're like that was supposed to come out in july two years ago like yeah but covid you're like you didn't sell it to anybody god damn it we're not making this back netflix wouldn't take it we're well a franchise, uh, you see we'll talk about the movie here right off the bat uh-huh <laughs> parker did watching, <laughs> yeah. did watching jared leto this movie make you want to cut your hair a little bit, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> a little bit. 
Because <laughs> there's no way, man. When he gets off the plane, he's got the crutches and the cloak and the hair, and he says, I am Dr. Morbius. You're like, oh, fuck. I the thing is, that's say, not even his voice. His voice is, I am Dr. Morbius. I wrote down, it was a truly like a fucking cosmic joke. I wrote down, at least we're getting right to the origin. I wrote a period the second I took my pen off the pad. It said, 25 years earlier, and I could have killed myself. Unbelievable, dude. Oh, man, it's a shame that you had to write that while you had all those crutches. It must have been really tough. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, wait a second, I've become quite weary. Someone finish my note for me. Sex bollocks! Ignore the bit about jackass. Okay, so... <laughs> So, Sebastian Gorka watches uh, Morbius. <laughs> so yeah, they just do a, a while, fucking. <laughs> if they just Sorry. do this, yeah, they have like two origin stories within each other. Like they, they do like, oh yeah, he's looking for these bat sort of things. Then twenty five years ago, uh, in I don't even remember <laughs> where, uh, Michael Morbius. <laughs> I don't like Every saying time. that. Every time you say it, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> Is in a hospital for terminally ill children, and uh, another which, boy. Which, by the way, flashback to the hospital for terminally ill children. Yeah, we know nothing bad's gonna happen. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, so, uh, I'll say this about the hospital for terminally ill children. You're not gonna see the Kennedys doing some shit like this. That kid's getting a bullet in the back of his head. How expensive is this fucking place? You gotta get right. three transfusions a day. Absolutely not. Yeah, not exactly. for my brain genius son. Like, that's a, who that's dumped a him lot here? There, you know. Anyway, uh, he's he's sitting there in the hospital for the terminally about to die, and another boy comes in, and he just changes that kid's name to Milo. I don't even remember what the kid's name is, and apparently he doesn't either. So he's just the yeah, Milo. he's just Milo for the rest of the movie. But yeah, he's someone I, who is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say it's like I think that was supposed to give him like a brotherhood sort of thing. Like, oh, we're bond. We shared this. He gave me my special name, but uh, boy, that's kind of flimsy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the authentic middle school experience. Yeah, exactly. Somebody calls you shitbreak one day, and that's just your name <laughs> for eight years. Yeah. But the thing is, if I had a terminal illness of some kind, and I went to the hospital, and they told me, oh, no, no, that's not your name. I'm going to call you the name of the last kid that died here. I'm fighting that kid. <laughs> I am fist fighting that dying child. Go fuck yourself. Well, the the kid who's in there is in fact predisposed to be uh, Milo. I guess is in fact predisposed to be uh, you know fight worthy because oh. down below the Stephen King bullies are just haunting <laughs> the terminally ill children. These guys are just really mad about the expenditure of taxpayer dollars in this hospital. Beat <laughs> the fuck out a of a bunch these of kids. a bunch of like kids are down there in like private school like uniforms pointing up like. <laughs> Look at the freaks! They're dying! What's it like to be dying of blood diseases? You love him, don't you, Milo? <laughs> nice note! Stomp him out! Uh, excuse me, can I please have my letter back? And they just immediately kick his crutch out. <laughs> This is the worst movie I've ever seen. Yeah, so well, I want to see it again dude, tomorrow. Oh, it's dude, so it, good. Well, it's important to talk about that note. How does he get that note? Because Dr. Michael Morbius... <laughs> is a uh, gifted boy. Right, yeah, writes up a... He, he gets a letter because he's able to repair a machine that took scientists years to develop, and he fixes it with a ballpoint pen. Okay, whatever. I don't fucking care. It's a comic book movie. They do shit like that all the time. And he gets a letter 
from a special school for gifted children. I'm like, oh, he's an X Men. I thought he was a. I thought he was a Spider Man. And uh, no, turns out it's actually Same a normal thing. school for. Uh, he's going to a school because we don't have no, the rights Chris. For that. The other, the, yeah, the other property that Sony has the rights. <laughs> That's to. what I thought. Yeah, I thought. I, I, I <laughs> going Sony to like, Venom isn't it going to be gifted yeah. kids? Exactly. That's what I thought was going to happen, and it turns out no. Beast isn't in this. Professor X isn't in this. It's just the Swedish. Thank God they're not. This My movie bum needs is more on room to breathe. <laughs> so he goes Make to longer, the right. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I've seen, at this point in the movie, I've seen two unsolved Rubik's Cubes, and uh, turns out he can't be that smart, okay? Come on. <laughs> Just anyone can do That's not what they're called. <laughs> you got to ruin everything for me? Uh, you, yeah, yes! I, uh, thank you. Well, he turns down the Nobel Prize because he's too good for Nobel Prizes. Oh my god. And, uh... <laughs> Never referenced again. <laughs> what part of the Nobel Prize is he against? No, just the concept of yeah, it. Yeah, just, just the Nobel Prizes. Parker, this is specifically for you. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> he, you know that little black girl who's in the movie and she's also dying and she has, like, the chessboard in front of her? Um, yes. The way she looks reminds me... Do you remember that picture of Melissa McCarthy? <laughs> <laughs> I already know. I Melissa McCarthy standing next to her with the fucking Ghostbuster suit. <laughs> Alex, do you know the picture we're talking about? Because I can find I it very quickly. Not the faintest clue. Oh, oh my god, it. dude! Okay, one second. I know exactly we're where it is. The show dead. Yeah. Uh, oh my god. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of when I saw this fucking movie. <laughs> dying. Oh, look at Melissa McCarthy shows up. Her fucking Ghostbusters out. <laughs> I'm eternally ill. I need blood effusions three times a day. Hey, you like 30 seconds to Mars? No. Please, God, no. I can't. Anyway, uh, someone else shows up. This is a character known as Martine Bancroft, played by Adria Arjona. It feels like it's backwards because that's an alliterative name, and it feels like that's a comic book name. Uh, Adria Arjona is a uh, scientist, and she is helping with dying people. And Jared Leto is uh, basically boyfriend, you know, sort of thing. And she's just like, why are you too good for the Nobel Prize? He's like... I'm working on something else. He's talking like Chuck Norris does in his movies. He He's got that whisper talk. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah, a good pull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway, she's like, oh, I know you're crossing human DNA with bat DNA. And I'm like, what? This is the movie? <laughs> you know <laughs> what? Hang on. I, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, don't turn on the light with my enormous tower of flying bats. <laughs> The movie opens with him just walking out to a cave, and you're like, so anyways, yeah, I have my uh, bat research here, and I'm splicing genomes. And you're like, what are you, how did, how many scenes got cut to get from A to G over here? Jesus Christ. Yeah, seriously, I didn't know any of that. I was legitimately shocked. So, Parker, did you know, what did you guys know about Morbius before you went in here? No like, one. I knew, yeah, no. he's a living vampire. Yeah, that's so what that's I thought. Like, that's the weird thing about this, like, before the MCU, like, the thing was like, Iron Man's like a C-tier character. Like, hope this works out. But Morbius is like... He was in a Spider-Man issue once, and I think he fights Blade. That's all you're going to get out of, like, oh. 99% of people. No one gives a fuck. It's just be like, no, no, 
we're creating our own universe over here. That's, we don't need that's Spider-Man. More than we've I got knew. Venom, and we've got Jared Leto, and we've sort of yeah, you know what maybe we should talk about Jared Lowe though his appearance he's got the very pale pallid skin he's walking around on the crutches he's got this long streaky Same. greasy hair but his problem is that he sounds really healthy he's not doing like a sick voice he's he's just doing the Chuck Norris voice he's talking like this the whole time it could be your way I have jokes or the sometimes. bat's way so uh, if there's anything that's good about this movie I thought the music was okay there sure. wasn't so nearly enough butt rock in this movie. Yeah, this uh, oh, good point. Yeah, that's you know if they had, some yeah. this movie was dying for a system of a down song. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> anyway, he he does like the DNA experiment. He puts it to a mouse, and the mouse dies. When it comes back, he's like, "Oh, I guess it works." So then he decides, Science. "Oh, what if?" <laughs> yeah. What if I tried it on a boat? <laughs> I don't know why there's a boat. He's got to do the boat. And uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're not, we're not at the boat yet. We got to get to the scene where he meets his childhood friend. Oh Matt right, Smith. I'm sorry. You're right. He go, he <laughs> grows up to meet is... Doctor Who. <laughs> so they both managed to defy the odds and live to adulthood. And also, he's now like a rich Bitcoin guy or drug dealer. It's really unclear. Yeah, yeah not clear. Like, yeah, I'm, I wasn't like, quite sure. Some sort of businessman. He said he anyway, dropped out he's of like, hey, hey, I need a gorillion dollars for you to fund my research in international waters, and I'm going to need all these different things. And he's like, yeah, okay, I don't want to die either. We can do that. And then, in what is maybe the least realistic scene in this movie about a living vampire, oh God, please tell me. these two crippled guys do an Aaron Sorkin walk yes. and talk in Manhattan. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. fucking dying they're just like <laughs> hobbling slowly like you know with this research we can save a lot of lives like they're what like, are you talking about just, they are walking just, like torgo they're just riffing about being crippled as they get in the way of hundreds of new Yorkers. yeah there is no way this is how it would go down now one alex, of these fuckers should be in a dumpster within five seconds yeah so here's the thing alex uh, one of the reviews that i heard about for this movie is that it was ableist and I, I would like to address that right now. No, it fucking isn't. What are you talking about? Well, the <laughs> fact that one of the cripple guys, and I can say that because they're not fast enough to catch me, is that, like, he's a bad guy? Is that really what you're doing? Or are you doing the other one that Parker suggests? It's like, oh, it's because, like, they... Why is, why is being uh, able-bodied better than being crippled? Because uh, I can walk. I would fuck a vampire bat right now if it fixed my back. Are you fucking kidding yeah, me? Seriously. Get out of my face. Yeah. I, I the my only my only issue with somebody making that claim is that I don't believe anybody that would think that way would also go see Morbius. That's a good that point. That doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, right. that's just that's just two separate circles. That's man. yeah, that's a good point. So anyway, he gets that funding after the Manhattan walk and talk on crutches. <laughs> <laughs> like the first 30 minutes of this movie think about that Always Sunny episode where they pretend to be crippled to get dates <laughs> just hobbling <laughs> along in the mall that's a piece of butt goddamn right? knobs would happen Morbius yeah alright so they get on their fucking Resident Evil boat and oh uh yeah it's just constantly dark here that's like one of the other things about the movie it's like okay if it takes place at night it takes place at night fine whatever but the like none of the buildings where they go to have any working lamps or anything I don't know what's going on there. And there are a bunch of uh, mercenaries on this boat. For further context, with this boat, with this spooky Resident Evil boat filled with mercenaries, yes, they are, as the movie tells us, 
10 miles off the coast of Long Island. (laughs) (laughs) We're in international waters, bro. Oh, we need these mercenaries to protect us from the Atlantic pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Uh, but we need those you need those mercenaries with their giant fuck you guns to uh, help us. It's like when they would play at Candlestick and you would see like the boats outside in the river. Yeah. It's just a giant Morbius boat catching fire. Yeah. Okay, so uh, he he injects the uh, the bat blood into his blood. The, no, the Chimera Syndrome or whatever the f- I don't care. It sounds like a 30 seconds tomorrow song. And uh, he goes batshit crazy. God, and, well, uh, not not yet. First, he passes out, oh, and then the guy comes down to do some sexism. Oh, right, yeah. Oh the, the guy, he comes down to do the Jurassic World too. What a nasty lady, you know? It's like I'm watching that in the theater. I'm like, oh fuck, are they gonna do a rape scene in this movie? Because that's like the vibe you get. <laughs> it, from, like, you, the it really was, dude. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they cut that. I, I bet they like cut it and they reshot it. They're just like, that's a bit much, you know. They that way, he could, was PG thirteen. I, right? I wouldn't be surprised if they were going to do that because, like, he attacks him and stuff, and he kills him, and he drains his blood, and all these other guys who it said later in the movie they were probably guilty of something, but like <laughs> we don't know that. These what guys a hand wave! <laughs> they could have been anyone, you know. These guys were probably like innocent people, and he just fucking balls them. And I wrote down, it was like. Is he the bad guy? Is is Morpheus the bad guy and Matt Smith has to stop him? No. This, the other way around. Distra- <laughs> I was too distracted because I was watching the scene going like, did they introduce this guy? Am I supposed to know them? <laughs> Why does she hate him so much? Why yeah, is he she, here? Oh, yeah. he has to get eaten. Okay, You're right. Yeah, okay. And, like, and, yeah, okay, kill him. He said a bad thing, which, by the way, not a good enough excuse. In any other movie, you'd like, beat him up. Like, you break his ribs or something like that. In this, he's goodbye. Forget it. You know, everyone and everyone he's ever known is fucking dead and drained of their blood. Our hero, and the Hellspawn. Speaking of blood, you see nary a drop, right? In all of these brutal vampire attacks, mm-hmm. because it's PG thirteen. So we see these guys getting exsanguinated by Jared Leto, and then being Lord. left on the floor like no mess whatsoever it's just like yeah. oh that's just a dead guy but, okay sure but Moving here's on. the thing pg-13 movie you can't show blood i understand i think it's a bad choice i think you just shouldn't release this movie at all if you can't show that sort of thing in your vampire movie where they drain blood but you can show a desiccated corpse you can show the mummy 1999 had desiccated corpses in it and they were really scary and it's like yeah you could put that in there but they're like no 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 we don't want to alienate the No Way Home crowd, I guess. And this is just like, hey, extra, go lay over there. Yeah. Now we're gonna now we're gonna do some some slow mo, <laughs> fucking Zack Snyder as Jared Leto jumping around eating people yeah. with bullet time. Yeah. In any no other movie, Jared Leto scenes. would be the bad guy. No less than three scenes of detectives being like, "My God, it's a bloodbath in here. They've all been drained." And you just see like. <laughs> A guy in a jacket face down on the floor. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. The carnage. The blood Speaking. Yeah. They don't even <laughs> no do bad. the H.B. Lovecraft thing where they're just like, oh, it's so scary, we can't even show it to you. I was like, no, it's just like, yeah, just take a word for it. Wake that guy up. He's nodding off down there. <laughs> Speaking of the detectives, can we talk about the detectives, please? Uh, How yes, please. You, why would you hire Tyrese and make him so boring? Why is Tyrese the straight man? So, like, here's here's a weird thing. I think Tyrese basically does a good enough job. I I don't think he's, like, 
like embarrassingly bad or anything because as soon as i saw him i didn't know he was in this by the way as i'm like is that fucking tyrese what's he doing here everyone's reaction to that yeah i know i was like <laughs> what is that really him is it some other guy am i racist what, what is this I like, no that's really tyrese. Well, you did just watch green book so yeah, well that's a good point yeah, yeah, yeah you're not racist anymore yeah exactly is that Mahershala dot, dot, dot anymore is that? so anyway uh no, that's actually Tyrese. I think he's basically fine. It's not exactly a stellar performance. It's not exactly one you're going to want to take home and show to the kids. But it's basically fine. And apparently he was considered for, what, Luke Cage in a previous movie that just never got made or something? I don't know who Luke Cage sure, is. Sure, why not? Is he that guy with either. the iron arms from Mortal Kombat? I don't know. Anyway. You're uh, not that far off. <laughs> anyway, uh, he uh, he's basically fine. And I think he's good enough at this that he could do other straight roles, probably. And I think I wouldn't be against him expanding his filmography. But we know what he is capable of. And I'd prefer to see him work to his strengths. The other thing is, you shouldn't cast him in this role because, look, everyone knows who Tyrese is. And we're not going to be able to see him as anything other than the comic relief from the Fast and the Furious series. And instead, we have him as a regular detective. Which is amplified by the fact that there is also a comic relief detective. Yeah, not him. yeah exactly. A guy who's act I actually think is pretty good. But also, come on. You know, I actually didn't think he was good, but I didn't think it was his fault. I think that his lines just weren't any good, and he just didn't have anything to work with. One of the, the biggest notes I wrote down here is, this movie is so fucking humorless. I didn't laugh once. Well, actually, I snickered <laughs> oh, at one thing. Oh, I laughed a lot, I snickered, but I, I laughed snickered at one thing. several times. I snickered at one thing, but like for the most part, there were like no intentional jokes here. Like, even... I, I, I can't believe I'm serious. I can think of one. <laughs> the Scary 61st made me laugh out loud on purpose. But this How the fuck did you did you not laugh at I'm getting hungry. You're not gonna like me when I'm hungry. <laughs> I don't count that as an intentional joke. I think that they were going that is for like thousand no percent way. an intentional no joke. No way were they doing that. That was Alright. I have two important Tyrese notes I wrote down here. Also I had that one spoiled for me, so Yikes. please tell me about Tyrese. The first one is an interview from April twenty twenty promoted movie <laughs> where he says that he's playing a guy that has a robot arm, and that arm has all kinds of special effects and powers, and that it's going to mess people up when they see this movie. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, we almost got the that? The man did an interview two years ago and said he had robot powers that had a bunch of... Like, and that's just, he's just a detective who's like, Hey, Michael, why'd you kill those people? What happened? The other note I have, which is more important... Is that someone photoshopped Martin Scorsese onto the red carpet of Morbius and then with the quote, I was aghast to find out it was based on a comic book. This is the truest high of cinema, and even I cannot top it. A wise man admits when he's wrong, and I was wrong. I apologize to all comic book movies. To which Tyrese responded, Wow, wow, wow. I can't believe what just happened. Whoa. <laughs> This is so amazing, King. This is the king of kings of cinema, Martin Scorsese. This is huge. <laughs> Tyrese falling for a Scorsese Photoshop. Just standing there smiling on the red carpet of Morbius. So was was, was Tyrese not at the red carpet of Morbius? <laughs> exactly. Like, wouldn't you have bumped into him? Yeah, man, she's like, wouldn't oh, damn, I never thought to look Mar behind me. <laughs> Type of like, oh damn, I was wrong. Comic book movies are good to be like, wow, King, we did it, man. It's the legend. Yeah. <laughs> God, Tyrese fucking rules, dude. Can we get him in our movie? Absolutely. Probably. Probably. 60 second. Yes. 
All right, so uh, he's uh, let's talk about Jared Leto's powers. What kind of powers does he have? Uh, he Good can, question. Uh, he he's strong. I think he's he's he, he, he's not crippled anymore. <coughs> he can like walk. He's got muscles now. He's so he can walk normally. Doesn't need the the crutches. He um, can bite people because he can turn into like a vampire bat looking guy, and he can jump really high, uh, and it leaves like a like a fart cloud effect behind him, and uh, he oh, can move boy, really fast. It. He can move really fast, which we saw with all the Zack Snyder bullet time shit. Oh my god! Um, uh, he's got really gross ears. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, he can uh, hear better that, now. He's got like yeah. Echolocation. He has echolocation. <laughs> he actually says it out loud for all the second graders who are reading about Stella Luna. And I, I thought he, it was really cool to show like, instead of showing him learning his powers in, like a montage. Yeah, just, just to have awesome. him writing in a notebook like, ah, I have echolocation. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> Great. Well, with the other the other power that he has is shown where he steps into the the bat tube, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the bats swarm around him, and he's just Aquaman but with bats. He can, yeah, he's just the friend to bats and all children. I feel uh, a kindred spirit with these beasts. Yes, <laughs> they've accepted me as one of their own. Yeah, uh, you know, for the most part, like, I thought that the fart cloud affects the visual stuff where he's jumping and going between stuff like that. They were bad, sure, but they, it wasn't, like, enough for me to, like, point and snicker, but when he... Uh, disagree. Yeah. Disagree. I until, could not tell no, what the fuck was going on. But until it got to a certain point, and by the way, Parker pointed this out while you were getting a beer, uh, it reminds us a lot of the 2003 movie Darkness Falls... Those are the exact same effects. Like, they're one-to-one. These are the exact same effects that they used from a 2003 movie. They just recycled them. Additionally, they get a lot worse when he starts wearing stuff that isn't black. When he starts wearing orange. (laughs) He's fucking flying around in his little prison jumpsuit. It's like a bunch of orange lines behind it. It's incredible. Yeah. And not to jump too far ahead here, because there's a scene we're going to be talking about. But once he figures out that he can fly... Oh my god, oh, it's just all that, over from there. That, that fucking scene. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot that we could... We'll get, th- we'll get... Yes, we, we will. will get there. Let's talk about mentioned... why he's wearing orange. Parker, would you like to... I was gonna say, when he mentioned the prison, all I can think of is... Because the director's been doing a ton of interviews, and they asked, like... Hey, in the trailer, it shows him, like, walking out of the prison, and, like, there's graffiti on the wall, and it shows Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Like, what's with that? And he said... I don't know. I didn't do that. <laughs> someone someone actually owns. graffitied it. Someone was actually in the subway. Just someone like, in marketing is like, yeah, we'll put this Spider-Man teaser. He's like, yeah, I didn't film that. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. I wasn't talking to production. I wasn't, that's not my job. I just say go. <laughs> so seems uh, like a movie that. Yeah. There's probably not a better cut of it, but there seems like a movie where he just looked at it a year later and went, huh, that's what this is now. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, so he... Uh, <laughs> He tries to run away from the police, and there's more bullet time stuff. There's one scene where it's in, like, sl- super slow, zoomed-in motion, where he's, like, falling off the edge of a building backwards. And I'm like, I, I don't really I know d- what's going I on d- That is the most baffling scene in an extremely baffling movie. Like, yeah. He's running away, he has basically superpowers, and then, like, he gets hit with, like... A fucking Havana Syndrome weapon, and then Tyrese is standing on top of him, and like it's never explained. Like I don't, I don't know what happened yeah. there. Uh, Parker, uh, maybe you can clear this up for me. It's a bit of a confusing question. I don't know. I cannot. Were there reshoots on this movie? There have to be. Yeah, I think that scene had to have been like an entire set piece, and then they just cut it. 
<laughs> maybe that scene. Oh my god, dude! Maybe that scene. He falls off backwards and like Spider-Man and or Venom save him or something. Who knows? Like I know they reshot stuff for the post-credit scene, which will fucking get I can't. I can't imagine they finished this in 2020. And went. All right, cool. We'll just uh, release this when it's time. Like someone yeah. had to be panicking. Yeah. So he yeah, this, this is like this would be like the perfect thing to dump on some shitty streaming service mid COVID when people would actually fucking watch it. Yeah. Like they delayed this intentionally. There had to be reshoots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I anyway, that scene was just baffling. So he gets arrested and uh he's sitting in there his orange jumpsuit and he's he's getting really antsy because uh he needs more blood. He's been relying on artificial blood, which is colored blue. Uh because <laughs> this person who the person who did that works at Nintendo or something, who knows? And show real blood, it's fine. Yeah, and then there's also the the real blood, which you only see like a few scant shots of because you don't want to scare anyone. You know? yeah. And uh, anyway, uh, Matt Smith comes in, Doctor Who. So we need to we need to back up on Matt Smith because we missed okay. the 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 crucial the crucial <laughs> scene in which he shows oh, up right. to the yeah. lab that he's that he's paying for mm-hmm. and he's like hey jared leto how's your research coming i see you can walk like a normal person what yeah. you got for me and he's like no nah, actually i can't give it to you bro sorry you're <laughs> sorry. just gonna have to suffer and be crippled forever sorry it's too good being able to walk your brain wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> can we just also talk about matt smith in a previous episode we said that benedict bumper nuts has the most british face we've ever seen but matt smith has to be on the podium oh my somewhere, god dude. okay <laughs> matt smith is and, such and, a british I, face so so I've got a lot of Matt Smith thoughts about this movie, but yeah. the one that I really need to point out now before we get into the movie mm-hmm. is the fact that I feel like the reason they cast him is because his face is so easily CGI-able. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It really is. Like, like, the CGI in this movie looks like fucking dog shit on everything except his angular British face. <laughs> like, it's seriously, like, every single time I looked, it was like, oh, God, he's so hideous. And then he would transform into a bat thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could change his face in fucking Paint Shop Pro. You don't even need to buy a license. Like, yeah. Drag this fucking, here, drag this here. Give this, is a there, fucking, this is a fucking loading screen for Mario 64. <laughs> 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 it's it's so accurate though dude it seriously yeah. is uh, no but it, but anyway so anyway spoilers he takes the the bat medicine yeah and uh and then when he visits uh jared leto in prison to bring him blood he, he leaves his cane behind by mistake which is what tips off jared leto that he's no longer a cripple i i <laughs> don't requires... i don't think that was a i don't think that was a mistake i don't think that was an accident i think that was like a little intentional thing to be like Look, I know you have to get out one way or another. If I give you this blood, you're going to want to try to get out because I I did this bit very bad thing, something like that. I don't know. Uh, and then he decides too smart for this movie. Yeah. Then he decides like, oh, I'm going to get my revenge. I'm like, what on those bullies? You probably can't even find them anymore. And instead, he gets his revenge on a guy at a newspaper stand. <laughs> Take that. He should have brought the bullies back. He should have yeah. eaten. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, you should judge everyone by the way they look. And then he kills that guy. Oh, also he kills <laughs> that, the uh, he kills that the nurse. That scene is so fucking funny. He also kills that nurse who looks like Tignataro if Tignataro was pretty. And, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, she's she's dead and drained of all her blood. And that's like 
to be the really crucial scene of like, nah, just take her word for it. You could like see her leaning up against the wall, like, <laughs> see, yeah, no more blood. <laughs> also, wait, like actually, they show like, man in spring break. They actually show like her face and everything. I was like, she's got plenty, okay? <laughs> she's got a lot to give. Um, anyway, Matt Smith, uh, sorry, what's his, what's the guy's name? Uh, Milo, Milo, the bad guy is uh oh wait we should actually use the the name that they give him uh, let, let me say the name that they give him here so first of all he gets away i am jumping ahead of a very crucial scene here we'll get back to it uh he's killed a bunch of people uh he's killed them and drained their blood and everything and uh jared leto is looking at the tv and reporter says they're calling this killer the vampire killer and i'm like <laughs> please tell me that is the villain's name in the comics <laughs> the vampire killer <laughs> certainly dumb enough for comics yeah that's exactly what i thought it was it's like oh my god that's what the kids are going to be calling him when they walk out of the theater they're not going to call him Milo. they're going to be like i want a toy the vampire killer so jared leto can beat him up but first they have a big fight in the subway <laughs> we have to Ooh. talk about this wow. This is where I didn't even laugh. I just gasped. I was like, <laughs> I haven't seen this since 2003. Parker, you're right. We really did go back. We went back, dude. Him jumping in front of that. Train. It looks like the it looks like the special effects from the very end of Blades of Glory. <laughs> dude, that's a good. Point. Th this entire fucking scene where he's discovering in slow mo that he can fly while Matt Spith runs at him just has the most chosen one. I'm coming, like over and over. Really we does. cut back to him, and he's like echolocationing all around, and he could like hear the subway coming. And I would be like, you know what? I could hear it coming too, and I'm not a bat because yeah. it's a fucking subway train. Are you sure though, Chris? <laughs> they are my friends they've accepted yeah. me and they're telling me there's a train coming <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I sense that Gary is in danger oh my god can you, can you imagine the, the, <laughs> were, did the bats send the train the bats were like sending the train to him it's not even like the bats were like flying really fast they were like flapping their wings to send it down the thing there's just a bat with like a hard hat on it and it throws a switch that sends the train <laughs> Anyway, he escapes out the tunnel because he's using the train so I don't know. And uh, because he could fly, yeah, he could just he could just fly. He oh yeah, I forgot I could fly. Yeah, <laughs> just leave. Let's fly so, out of here. So to summarize what we know so far, he ha he has spliced his DNA with bat DNA, which has given him all sorts of bat powers and also flight like Superman. Yes, but he wants blood sometimes. I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, well. Turns out worry, blood's guys. very he hard only, to find. He only kills the bad guys. Oh, right. That, I almost wrote that down, but I thought it was a little too easy because I thought that that's what they were going to go for. No, he only kills the mercenaries. <laughs> uh, and Love to create a universe what's... solely of villains who are just like, I don't know, we're just kind of misunderstood sometimes. Great. Love it. So Super he exciting. and his pretty lady friend uh, 
They steal uh, a secret counterfeit money laboratory from <laughs> from three American chavs is the only way I could describe them. Can we, can we talk about the scene where the American chavs are introduced at that fucking diner? Yeah. Where they walk in and try to pay with a counterfeit $100 bill. The waitress tells them that it's fake and they go, all right, well, have five more then. And then they walk away laughing. That came from Philip. <laughs> you gonna do with more counterfeit money yeah exactly you fucking idiot like i thought that there was like a veiled threat behind it like she's like oh if there's more where that came from they also are probably like real criminals they probably have a gun they're gonna kill me if i don't accept it something like that and i was just like but your plan's not working you know it's just not come on what are you doing maybe so, my friend mr washington will change your mind yeah Eddie, or my <laughs> other friend mr washington <laughs> Flipper a quarter. Okay, so uh, Jared Leto follows them using echolocation. This is the uh, echolocation stalking scene. So, for sorry, only... one more thing. One more thing for oh, the yeah, listeners. Right, right. Keep it. Maybe you'll get lucky. <laughs> All right, there we go. <laughs> I hate that our listeners are going to get that. Anyway, he follows them to their underground lair, which, by the way, I think is the exact same set from the bad version of Justice League. Uh, it looks identical to the Batcave. Uh, in that movie. Oh, dude. Dude, you just reminded me of something that I've been yeah. meaning to talk about for like three weeks. Please do. So, I think it was the first uh, the first weekend of March Madness. Um, you know, all the games are on at work all the fucking time. All, all four channels are going. And then those end and like other random shit that's on TNT starts playing. And uh, I'm sitting there at like two in the morning watching, I don't know, 10-15 minutes of some absolute nightmare of a CGI movie. Just going like, what the fuck is this? I'm so confused. And then it goes to commercial to the Justice League logo. I guess that's what I missed in the theater. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm so happy that this happened. I know. I think I know what you're talking about with the bad CGI, too. I think I know the exact thing that you saw. I, uh, so I was looking at it. It's like, why is the bad guy like a deer? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good movie. Steppenwolf puts you right to sleep. Anyway, he uses their counterfeit money laboratory to do blood research. Same basic principle, I guess. And he develops a serum that he says, and I took notes on the exact wording here because I needed to. He says, it's deadly to bats, but fatal to humans. And I kind of feel like those words are synonyms, deadly and fatal. So I'm not really sure what he was doing there. Uh, They can kill bats, but also... They might kill a person. Congrats on inventing rat poison, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So he, uh, the final battle, final battle between Matt Smith and Jared Leto. What scene am I skipping? Am I skipping something else? Uh, You're skipping the scene that I laughed the hardest at in the entire fucking movie. What? Which is the random ass Austin Powers esque bumper of Matt Smith just dancing in his suit in that room. Oh, yeah. that. That is a man who knew, like, Oh, this movie sucks, huh? Okay, no, I got this. Like, I get why he does it, but there are multiple moments of him dancing where was, I couldn't tell if that was a joke. I thought, I think, I think that they were played at straight face, where they were just like, he was never able to dance before because he looked like fucking Jimmy from South Park. But instead, <laughs> wow, what a just like, audience! I, I don't think that I do is to his credit. I don't think Matt Smith was playing it that way. Matt Smith was just like, oh, this is for the super villains, you know? Like he was just this is. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, he's he's clearly like he knows what movies he's in. Yeah, even if no one else does, yeah, exactly. Like, he knows exactly he like what's going guy. on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I but like 
watching it in the theater, it just felt like the biggest fucking non sequitur. I'm like, it, again, like I compared it to an Austin Powers scene transition for a It reason. really does look like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we can I put so the music was... over that. Him doing the American Psycho stare in the mirror and then just turning into a demon face and then turning back. It's oh, that really was good. Funny. Yeah, that was, yeah. There's a lot of also, that. He was going back and forth with that. Absolute coward move to be like, oh no, he just looks like a monster sometimes, but then he's just normal Jared Leto. Yeah. Coward. Make him a monster the whole movie, you bitch. It was one of those things where like with Jared, with, with Jared Leto, because he looks like a fairly normal person besides the hair, like hey. the CGI transitions, they don't really look that good. Just do practical makeup. It's going to look better. It looks like shit. You're right. Yeah. It just doesn't look good. Also, here's another thing. Matt Smith in a suit and tie becoming a vampire. It just reminded me like a little too much of Fright Night. You know? And I don't even think he wears a suit and tie in that movie. But it's just like you shouldn't have to wear buttons if you're a vampire. You know? Like you're too important for those. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of his big fucking golem face. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look good. Man. I mean, all the complaints about the CGI in this movie being bad are uh, kind of on the nose. Let's get to this uh, big CGI battle that I thought was fucking stupid. That takes place like an hour 35 into this hour 40 movie. You know, people say that they removed all the Venom references, but it reminded me of the final battle from Venom 2 where I was just like, oh, come on. Let's go. Well, and I can't see the what's final happened. battle from Venom One. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, there's a lot of black shit on the screen. The good guy's probably gonna win. Yeah, let's get let's get uh, to it. Yeah, These so, weird colors are just flying at each other. So yeah, so Matt Smith punches. Oh yeah, at one point, so I I thought that he was like he had orange fart clouds behind him because he was wearing the jumpsuit. At one point, he has purple behind him, and I don't know how he got it. Like, where did that come from? Yeah, he just had dude, a purple fart I, cloud or something. I think they just needed a color for the fart cloud. I guess. He exactly. ate too many blueberries. To I don't distinguish. know. Distinguish. So his girlfriend... Yeah, we have to tell them apart. Yeah. <laughs> so his girlfriend is dying, and she swallows a drop of his blood, and then he's just like, well, waste not, want not, and bites her neck off. And uh, Which, by the way, apparently not enough to kill her, because she awakens right before the credits open, and you're like, oh, now she's a vampire. <laughs> Every time it shows her dying, I'm like, oh, yeah, her. Yeah, I forgot. I could tell yeah. you. You said her name already. I've yeah. already forgotten it. Yeah, she's exactly. not a real character. Yeah, her Chris, name tell me is, why uh, every time they go demon form, you. they look like Bagul. Please tell me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to place it this whole episode. Oh, I think that fuck. did it for me. I think that I think you're right. Yeah, it doesn't look that good though. So uh, they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting, and Jared Leto gets his ass kicked, and he falls, and he hits his rib. He's just sort of like laying on like one of those like poles in the middle. And he just sort of oh, hold over it, like folded laundry. Hold on. He does not just fall. He is falling and then gets RKO'd by Matt Smith through the ground. <laughs> All right, yeah. And then he and then he's just hanging on the on the fucking pole there like two kids tennis shoes tied by the laces over a telephone wire. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at it as like that's a death animation from Crash Bandicoot. He's just <laughs> He's out for the count. And then he summons his winged friends <laughs> to aid Dude, him. It does look like he's got a cool cool around him the whole time he's flying. <laughs> You're not fucking wrong, dude. He really does. Fucking Uka Uka is going to. You have to save him! <laughs> Bring me the gems! <laughs> so, to be clear here, Jared Leto, who has a, com- a camaraderie with bats because of the bat serum he took, yeah. summons his bat friends. To attack Matt Smith, who took the same bat serum, and then the bats murder him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What don't you get, dude? 
Because they can tell who's friendly and who's... Actually, that wouldn't make sense either because Jared Leto killed like seven mercenaries in cold blood and probably left their family. Yeah, Jared Leto kills more people than Matt Smith. Oh, yeah, he absolutely kind of. does. I think that's actually... You could do like a body count and you'd like... Oh, yeah. But uh, Jared Leto only kills the bad guys. Question mark. And apparently others. So uh, here's what I would like to uh, say about this. I will give this movie some credit. It's like, mm-hmm. it's over. Yeah. Like he beats the bad guy you know and no, her no, eyes no, opening. Liar. Okay. I, well, okay. Before the credits. Healthy. I was going to say. Cause <laughs> he fucking dispatches him with bats. He flies away like, wow, that was cool. It shows her eyes open. It shows his face again. Title card. Within like 30 seconds. It's you like, know, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We're getting another like, Let's go. Last note I took before the bid and post credit scenes Ugh. is that Plural. if this movie had played in like 98 to 2003, there's an audience for this. And they're goths. Because goths existed back then. And goths would watch this movie and they'd probably like it. They'd probably say, hey, this is really cool. It probably wouldn't get as much money as they would have liked, but like at least someone would have seen it in theaters besides podcasters. So, uh,. Yeah, very, very silly. Uh, I did not like it, Sam. I am. And for the first time in I don't know how long, I stayed for the mid-credits scene. (laughs) Now, here, I was lost, because I haven't seen any of the, uh, who's the young kid, the little kid, uh, the new Spider-Man movies, the, they call them the Holden series or something. You've not seen a single Tom Holland Spider-Man, but you've seen Morbius in both Venoms. Yeah, that is fucking insane. <laughs> I am the, I'm that one guy. I should be part of like some sort of focus group. Like, what would someone who's seen only these without Spider Man be? Are a literal crazy person. <laughs> Keep sharp objects away from me. The last Spider Man made a billion dollars, and you saw both Venoms. One of them <laughs> in, in theaters. theaters. Oh yeah, only one of them. In th- oh wait, no, I think I saw both. No, I don't remember. Okay, no, the first one came out when I was visiting. Right, That's the only right, right, right. It wasn't right, an episode, right, and yeah. I still regret it to this day. My bad. Okay, so yeah, they watched the the. I watched the second one. Anyway, Michael Keaton, who I see him in there, and I I just see Jack Frost. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was ready for Batman. I was ready for Mr. Mom. You're ready for not, Beetlejuice. You're not ready. For yeah. Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he just teleports into a prison cell. You're like, huh. I hope the food is better in this joint. No respect. No respect. For real. It's a real Rodney performance. Yeah. I'm like, why Why would he say that? Who is this guy? Is he an interdimensional traveler? Is he from a different universe? And, uh, no, his name yes. is... I'll wait. Adrian Toombs. I don't need this anymore. Uh, so, a portal opened up and really multiverses like were involved, and you can stop that sound. <laughs> There's portals, and the multiverses crossed over. That's how all the three Spider-Mans were in the one movie. Mm, uh-huh. Yeah. Ramifications, right. Anyway, yeah, I he's guess. talking and stuff, and he's uh, he might be released from prison because if you transfer prison to prison by teleportation, that means you're innocent. So I looked it That's up. That's right? how it works. I did yeah. look it up. Apparently, Agent That's Tombs, how OJ got out. So my research has led me to believe that Adrian Toomes is a bad guy. Yes. That's all my research. Uh, that was it. Basically, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, not yeah. And not just a bad guy, but the one bad guy that is no longer being used in any way, shape, or form by the other movies. The one bad guy who didn't get to be in No Way Home. Oh. Which is interesting oh. that they bring back fucking Jamie Foxx and all these people be like oh, the, nah, the one guy you really want to remind people of you want to be like hey remember him actor you'd want to see yeah nah 
he is quite literally the only tie-in they could get because he's the only one other than Gyllenhaal that isn't fucking tied to the other universe. Still. <laughs> Gyllenhaal's dead in that movie. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, Mr. Toombs. Yeah, so I don't even know what he does in those other movies. I don't care to find out because it's not important oh, to Oh, you me. find out in the second mid-credits scene. He has a suit. He flies around. He's oh, mad he, about uh, uh He's the vulture. You know what the vulture is. He's got wings. He flies. And I don't know what that is. Okay, so You're about I to. did... Is he? Is it a second mid credit scene or is it a post credit scene? What's a second mid credit second mid credit scene, which is insane. Okay, so what? Absolute nerd. So I think I read in the the Morbius IMDb trivia section, which uh, got a lot of dislikes on a lot of those entries. Apparently, people don't like this movie very much. Uh, that apparently he says to Jerry Leto Morbius, he says, "Together we can kill Spider Man." I'm like, oh, I was right. Morbius is a bad guy. He killed a lot of. I knew it. So, now we know. It's up to Venom to save the day, because he's a real hero. All we right. can work together. <laughs> a lot, a lot Putting together a team. We uh, work together, you know? You do the a work, and I order you. <laughs> first just, of, like... Go ahead. Okay, well, first of all, Vulture flies in. Uh, that helmet never comes off. And you can tell, because Michael Keaton is clearly recording this into a cell phone. <laughs> uh, that helmet does not come off. It is all ADR. Uh, the footage of Jared Leto was very clearly just a different shot, because his response to that is just to stare straight ahead and go, interesting. And then it cuts to black and more credits. <laughs> so none of this makes sense together at all. It's all just jammed together. Morbius has no idea who or what a Spider-Man is. Why would the Vulture wake up in another universe and go, Hey, I bet Spider-Man has something to do with this! <laughs> it's the spider! <laughs> okay, now, yeah. This is very, very clear that they have no idea what to do with this. This is like, look, we're all sick of MCU post credit scenes. I feel very confident saying that for the group. But at least they are to promote something that is actually coming. There's very clearly no plan for what follows this. Because, uh, pop quiz, who's the Spider-Man in this universe? Yeah, there isn't one. Yeah. What are they teaming up against? It's not the MCU Spider-Man, because... Better not be Venom. That's, that's where he just came from. Clearly it's not him. Mm. It's not gonna be Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, because he's old as fuck, and why yeah. would he do that again? It's not gonna be Andrew Garfield, because do you think he's gonna watch Morbius and be like, Yeah, I should do this again. I should <laughs> put back. myself through this bullshit again. Absolutely. <laughs> Who's it gonna be? Fucking Miles Morales or Spider Pig? Like, Spider-Pig? there's no Spider Man here. <laughs> so we're teasing a team up with the two people who don't belong together to fight a villain that doesn't exist in a movie that won't happen. Like, what, it's gonna be them and Venom against a fourth Spider Man? Like, nah, this is nah, teasing nah. something not real. I, I can explain this one. I, I absolutely know what's going on here. Uh huh. Uh, so you know like when one of your favorite sport teams is bad and the trade yes. deadline's coming up no, and they start like immediately showcasing all of the players they want to trade and just like giving them all this extra time to play. It's like, hey, check out all these cool assets we got. Mm-hmm. Don't you want to buy this from us? Yeah, that's the scene. So DC is literally just trying games. to get somebody to buy their shitty fucking universe <laughs> so they can get out of this business. You know, I made that joke just they don't want to. Sony is desperately uh, trying to build their now. own universe. They are after how this movie's doing. They might now. <laughs> yeah, here's my thing: is like they they certainly can't sell Morbius to DC. Not just because I guess it doesn't work legally, but this movie reminded me of how much cooler Batman is than like everything else in this fucking thing. 
Like, didn't didn't uh, fucking Robert Pattinson have the ability to control bats in uh, the Batman? Or maybe I'm misremembering something from the comics or something, but, like, even that's ripped off of Batman. It's like, this makes Batman... If this guy, if you just called Morbius Batman instead, he'd be, like, the lamest guy. And instead, it's like, now I'm reminded of, like, why Batman is cool, because he's not this thing. Uh, I will say, like, I, I kind of come at this from a different perspective than comic book fans do. Because... Everyone has been trashing this movie. There's no one who likes Morbius. No one went to Morbius and said, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Disagree. It's for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking to two of them, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I, I will actually, you know what? I am wrong because there is one review that I read here. Um, let's see. It, it was on IMDb. It was one of the top reviews, gave it a 7 out of 10. And uh, it said, you know, you guys are nitpicking too much. Uh, it's really not that bad. Um, it could be worse is one of the big ones on there. But, I don't think you understand how many more movies like this are in development in some phase at some No, way. I guess I don't understand that because I don't keep up Craven with Craven like the movie. Hunter in 2023. I don't know what that Aaron is. Aaron Taylor Johnson. But like, <laughs> ugh. Ugh. Okay, close. Madam Webb starring Dakota Johnson. So like, my I don't is, know what a Night Watch is. So the biggest thing for me here is that I think a lot of Marvel fans in particular are coming after this movie because this is the first time they've seen a really bad Marvel movie. Like, there have been bad Marvel movies before, but, like, this is one that goes beyond just kind of boring and bland. This is this is badly made, you know? This is very poorly made, and they're just like, how dare you betray, you know, Marvel, our god. I mean, this makes Eternals look palatable. Uh, Parker, you would be the expert having seen both oh. of them. But Look, uh, <laughs> I'll say this. Ambulance is real lucky that's coming out next week, or we'd all be watching Daredevil. <laughs> I'm putting it that way. <laughs> we were about to dig in some real Electra bullshit, but uh, we ain't missing Ambulance. So I've never seen Electra, but I saw a fucking Daredevil in theaters. Why did I say that out loud? I have not seen it either. Don't worry. I'll go down on the oh, ship with you. All boy. it takes to. Yeah, you're right. That is a future episode, I feel like. Like... These young ones, these young bloods, don't understand. They don't know. They these don't kids know. did not grow up with FX on on Sunday afternoon. Like oh, maybe the maybe the Silver Surfer one will be better. It wasn't. Maybe the second Ghost Rider will be better. It's got the crank guys. It wasn't. It was never better. It was all bad all the time. They've had it too good for too long. I would like to credit the, the Alamo Drafthouse because the pre-show beforehand was just the cheesiest Dracula things they could possibly find. Hell yeah, dude. This is the same shit they played in front of, like, the Lost Boys and stuff. <laughs> these kids have never seen yeah, any of those Fantastic ones. Fours. These yeah. fucking young ones. <laughs> they don't know who Josh Trank is. I don't want to fucking hear it anymore. <laughs> Sick of it. Oh, fuck. Well, join us for next week's episode, Ambulance. I can't wait. Uh, is that next week? That. Wait, what was that? Uh, so it is coming out this week. I can't do it till next week. I've had plans to watch this movie with somebody for nine months. Oh, okay, fine, whatever. Well, uh, and well, 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 well. Electra, it is. Bad. Oh, where did that asshole go? That's the tea, sis.